0: because of the stigma. Everyone thought you were a big old puss wearing pads like yeah, do, yeah. uh, oh it makes you slower no you ever seen with the girl yeah, lacrosse sucks. goalie dress up it hurts in it's more than a paintball <laughs> have you Absolutely seen yeah. dude, girls, <laughs> it's girls like lacrosse a paintball cannonball
1: girls lacrosse goalies ga- yeah, yeah. they got motocross pads on yeah I, I know they got some they're yeah. on some X ex- Games not the same sport though for a goalie it's the same
0: sport except for the fact that usually the shots come in high you ever been
2: hit you ever been hit in the face with balls I mean my god going
3: that fast please you gotta have a lot of
0: protection dude I lost I broke a couple molars
3: playing hockey because I got hit in the chin with a puck. Oh. And I've never been scared of the puck, but, you know, when it hits you in the chin, my, 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 my helmet oh was Jesus. so fucking small and so close to my hey, jaw. you can't be scared no, no, no. of a puck, right? It hit me in the mask. Oh. So it hit me right where it should have, but the mask was a little too small. It was one of those stylish CCMs from back in the day. And the shock went right into my fucking jaw and broke my molar. And I oh. just had to chill. Yeah but I, didn't, I stayed conscious though one time yeah, i got hit in the knee the and i just fucked did you have a no, fat northwestern alcoholic
0: hockey coach <laughs> Yeah, are can't From be a braided a All right, <laughs> no great goal you can't be braided a pack <laughs> i need some camel <laughs> whites
3: i should be though i probably knocked a couple iq points off me that's why i can't communicate he with was doing with a guy, visual
2: right. joke where we couldn't see any of his teeth he had no teeth <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. yeah just so for the people on the radio that might not have gotten that i got new ones All
3: good new ones are wider than the others so <laughs> yeah <laughs> You can fools ask for fake. Like Steve O. Have you seen Steve O's teeth? Yeah, those pools are fucking large. It's like when they edit like a dog to have teeth for like ads for like dog food, and they make the dog have teeth. That's what Steve O's fucking mouth looks like all
0: the, the, the time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I know exactly yeah, yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, canine advantage. <laughs> you put,
3: yeah, human and they got the yeah. big ass fucking teeth. You put yeah. human
1: teeth on any uh, animal, it's hilarious. I think it makes wait. comedy so- like such appear like a little piece of shit. You know, because so if that's funny, yeah. what the fuck am I? What am I doing over here? I told <laughs> some. I was on a podcast. Meme here, or I the told meme lords are the new comedians.
0: Lords. like that guy Kevin Flynn, that guy, the the guy behind White People That's Humor. He's right. like five million followers on on the gram. Who? He's just one of the best memers. Who? His name is Kevin Flynn. He's just behind a page called White People Humor. And it's like That's not, not like it's yeah yeah. Well, he knocked it out of the park. He's not like it does. It's not as racist as it sounds. I don't think. Yeah. It's just yeah. like court. Yeah. Just like white just white. We're it's not really allowed right. to say the word white anymore. Like yeah, exactly.
2: Say the word white. You're racist. They're white chocolate chip cookies. You're racist. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you use white chocolate, yeah. you racist? Why yeah. would you
1: put cashews and not macadamias? Because I'm
2: poor. Because because I only get so much food I'm stamps poor. from the government, and I didn't want to spend the extra five ninety nine on the on the macadamia nuts. You know
1: where macadamias come from? Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah.
2: Did you know that? Um, did you know that, that a parrot actually. can open up a macadamia nut with its little beak, and that it takes 400 pounds of pressure to open up a macadamia nut, which means that a parrot could just take off your finger anytime they wanted.
3: Dude, your finger's like a fucking carrot. But they don't, because uh, you just, just bite be off a finger with the texture of a carrot, dude. I also
1: love the deductive reasoning that you went there. Like, parrots have definitely bitten off human fingers before. Oh and that's yeah. how we totally know that a parrot have. can bite
3: off a yeah. human finger.
1: Is my, that friend, a parrot my friend is had a parrot, like and, like and they live so long. cutest <laughs> way to get there? Like. <laughs> parrots, macadamia nuts, 400 pounds <laughs> of pressure. That means 400 <laughs> pounds <That means> <laughs> of pressure. You could break a bone, 400 pounds <laughs> of pressure. That means parrot, human bone. That's it. <laughs>
2: that's yeah. That's it. That's, it. It. that's, hi, that's how we get there. If they can open up a macadamia nut, then they can bite off your finger. My friend's
0: parrot was such a cunt. The Smart. parrot would just be, it just blast at your finger every time. We would be dicks and little kids and stick our fingers in there and piss the parrot's name was Fluffy. We'd piss Fluffy off. Did you ever fuck with a cat? Do you remember the first time you fuck with a cat and it just blooded you? You never fuck with cats. You ever watch Netflix? First time I did that, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Don't you know well, you never
2: watch Netflix? The trick with uh, the cats right. is <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't ever make your hand a toy. And people who make their hand a toy get attacked by cats. That's Ah. just the way it is. The reason my cats, who have very sharp nails because I don't clip them very often, but the reason I don't get all bloody from them is that my hand is not a toy. (laughs) My hand feeds you and pets you.
3: My cats never attacked me even like as a toy. Not
2: with my – no. I I fuck with them like I pick them up all the time and I play with their paws just so that if I want to clip their nails, I can. But you never make your hand a toy. Cause then they'll attack it in the middle of the night. If you like move your hand under the covers or whatever, they'll they get you. Oh, that's yeah. fun though.
0: That's Are so you the Joey Exotic, the exotic of cats?
2: Oh my God! There's a call.
0: Yes, <laughs> it means yes. It used to be Joe Exotic,
1: Aaron Atkins, or Kevin Quayley, but now you live here. Oh. Are you on the air now? You're being well, racist. Well, well, here
0: we go. Here we go. It's, da- it's David. It's David.
4: Oh, David no. who David, who? Hey, Aaron. Hey. I recognize your voice. I, I recognize your voice,
2: is. too. I was like, oh, it's David Hi. Jane. Hi. Are
3: you calling to in to purchase 30 the 30 necklace?
2: Wait, no, he heard, he, heard your, he heard Aaron's voice, and he was excited about it. He said, oh, yeah. I thought he listened live to check the link, and he said, oh, I heard Aaron's voice, so I wanted to call in. David who? <laughs> David, David Jane.
4: David Jane. I, I stopped by with my once four-legged now three-legged dog. Oh, You right. <laughs>
3: know, I was thinking about you today, man. You know who you kind of sound like? You sound like the Ice King from Adventure Time.
4: Oh, you know how many customer service, especially since my last name is Jane, J-A-Y-N-E, I'm talking to these customer services. They've gone through my whole profile, and they still keep calling me ma'am. I'm like, you're talking to David. Ooh. You know, sorry, so anyway, That's brutal. <laughs> you're I messing around sing. with your
3: gender pronouns. That's brutal, but also you can't can get offended. Yeah, if you get offended, like...
4: much like w- lower range in my typical conversation. Like, especially when I'm all excited like this. Anyway, Pam, yeah. I just hit a post on Facebook for my four twenty dude Thursday afternoon performance. Right? Yeah, Thursday 420 afternoon at four twenty. I checked that link. I'm looking into Facebook Live or things like that. Maybe do a stream, video stream. It looks like with Facebook Live, you can't give any more than a five hour and a link for people to watch it. But in the meantime, I did a plug for going out over.
5: Think I gave you
4: right. I mean, website and
2: well, I'm glad everything works, and, and I'm excited up. for Thursday at four hey, twenty.
4: And I'm to you, and <laughs> you
2: can let works. people you can let people call in at this number, and then they can call in too when you're doing your show on Thursday. I will add. That
4: Hooray, post- David,
1: David, awesome. David, do you blaze?
4: And yeah. Yeah. Hey, what, blaze,
2: yeah. He, he's I asking if you, blaze, if, you, if you blaze, if you if like you if you like the trying to hand me a
1: blood type, to the push positive oh, type, oh, type yeah, shit. Yes. There I love the OG kush. Um
4: I blaze I stopped by the dispensary yesterday and pretty much spent the last of my cash. I am supposed to be Hey David don't do that no I'll sell you I'll sell around. you weed from now on. Don't do that. No, don't go have, to the dispensary. I have all this paperwork to get money back, save money. Reopen yep. that whatever. It's just paperwork that's been going on Wait, for over a year. Whoa, David, no, David, I, I got the my freshest
1: my David, the I got the freshest, yep. freshest OG Purple Pussy OG Kush that you'll ever smoke. Really, I'm
4: four blocks away and my dog needs a walk. <laughs> Are you offering right now? <laughs> I can pop in. All right, thanks anyway, for calling, David. You have quarters <laughs> you of that have d- pussy, pussy Purple OG. Were $80, OG call me. Oh. <laughs> oh. so All right, fam.
3: David, everybody, King shit, as they say. David,
4: everybody,
2: King he's shit. one of our neighbors who um, has been coming to the Friday show.
3: The Ice King himself.
2: Yeah, and he's excited. He plays lots of music, and and I said, hey, if you want to come over and we'll do a little show. So Thursday at 4:20, we're gonna do that. It's gonna be fun.
0: Is
3: Avery doing a show here? Is she gonna do a music show?
2: Hopefully, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I need to. I. We're friends on Facebook now. That's a step, a step in the right step. direction.
3: She'd love to do a show. She's show she used to run a great show, uh, Puget Sound University. They used to have a great show with Audrey White as well. Shout out them for Puget. being great DJs. Puget Sound. What is what what's it what's something that sounds Puget?
0: Uh, it's a Puget. just a it's a body of water, a sound. Does it? What does it? I it's it like, like how does that sound like? <coughs> no, that's the sound oh, of some
3: oh, else. It sounds like a radio bumper. <laughs> sounds like my ass. We were... Yeah, <laughs> was anything? Pam, we were talking about that. We need to make you a radio bumper.
2: I don't know what that means.
4: Radio. Mutiny Radio, Donovan. Oh. Donovan. yeah, we
2: yeah. We actually have one. Carl does it, man. There's a guy he's got a very unique voice. There's a famous guy named Toots who did one for us for a while ago about Mutiny Radio. Toots
0: sounds like he does blow. It was no, it's he's Puts a, it he's he's a reggae. Yeah. He's like a Feels kind like of a famous extract. reggae
2: guy, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Toots. It's an old. It's an old one. There's call me. There's all kinds of stuff that I need to do and work on, but it's just like one project after another. It's like, what's the What's the most important project?
3: I bet that guy was like, yeah. everybody call me Dragon. And they're like, no, we're going to call you... We're t- going to call you the
0: Redskins. They're
3: going to change that name now. <laughs>
0: they're changing it, baby. And the somebody has all the other cool names trademarked. The Blue Men. Yeah.
3: The URLs
0: and shit. They should name it the, the Rednecks.
2: W- <laughs> that, would, that would work or the Crackers.
5: The Black yeah.
3: Lives Matters. Sure, why not? Cover all your bases.
0: Uh... How about the red, the red cocks? Red badges. The Jews. Wild hogs. Yeah, it's, it's the Jews. All right, Hell's that's angels. what we're doing, yeah. the, <laughs> the Jews. What's wrong Washington. with that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> what, is there a problem <laughs> the with the other team, the Jews? Jews? That sounds like a you
1: problem. I mean, Christians would be kind of like. Oh, yeah. And you, and you did like the And who do you, who do you think was,
0: was pissed about the Redskins' name changing in the first place? Probably the Christians. So yeah. if you change it to the Jews, it'd be a double whammy. Ooh, the Jew, cr- the Christian Jews,
3: the yeah. Pro- yeah. Protestants, yeah. the Palestinians. Uh, can you imagine the Rohingya Muslims? Shouts yeah, out. There's a whole bunch of political stuff you could do. The low income. Yeah. Oh, you l- mean the Rohingya? Yeah. How about the low income single mothers? How about we finally name yeah. a team after the real heroes uh, of our society? Uh, uh, uh. The teachers, <laughs> the Washington low- teachers, low income single mother teachers. That's it's about everything believable. you can be, dude. That was my. M- what? Uh, what? 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 Cool. Who? I'm censoring myself on air. Oh. Censor. You know, cancel. You know, you know, I'm a quarter <laughs> Chinese. You know, it comes out sometimes. I just gotta censor myself. The other three quarters of me wanna just
0: dish, but I would never. Spit yeah, dish. Thank God it. for our cancel button we have right here Spit, in the studio. Cancel. The you guys want to hear cancel. some
3: gossip? Okay, hmm. so you guys know my Uncle Josh? Yeah. Okay, so my Uncle Josh went mudding with his buddy Max. M- mudding? Yeah. Mudding. Oh. You know, buddy, what is that? Max's is that? <laughs> nephew, his name is Steven. Oh. Is mudding just Steven? like driving
0: around in mud?
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Steven's sister name is Cynthia. Okay. Right, but Cynthia's aunt, okay. her name's she's Sarah, right? Yeah. So Sarah went to Cynthia and said, Max. Know something about Steve. Connect the dots, baby. Come on. Yeah, give it You're to not us. getting it? No.
1: Cynthia? My grandmother is also my mother. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we be saying you. this on air. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that? My yeah, grandmother
1: should. is also my mother. <laughs> 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 she fucked my dad. Really? Her son, yeah.
0: Queen shit. Nice. Literal yeah. 1400s queen shit. You'd be shit. way more goofy looking if that were the case.
1: No, it actually, <laughs> it has to repeat over multiple iterations for the. The inbreeding to really start to take hold. No, That's no. What okay.
0: mm. I no no you're, you're, you're kind you are you're kind quick. of right. You're kind Mother, of right. Mother son is no, the worst. Not.
1: Mother son's the worst. That's the worst you could do. The next is brother sister. The next is dad son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dad son incest. Oh, <laughs> those never <laughs> survive. That'd be so it's Those then. never ever survive. That'd be, be never so survive. <laughs> Oh my god. I know cousins cousin I think, starts to show over more. Dude. But if, cousins your cousins fair games, is if you're, game
3: you're within so your family, not that no, G- it's
1: Look at the map. The I process. know, dude. I know, dude. Look at the okay, Habsburg. This, this is a controversial you're fact. You're trapped this in is a l- castle of only your cousins for eight generations. That's yeah, he's kind of thick. Well you well they gonna fucked up, dude. But well like, dude, you do you fuck your know cousin once, and then she fucks your brother, and then it's like, and then your dad gets involved and shit. It's fine. Your dad's also like Holy Roman Emperor.
0: Hey, the guys. Forty percent of all marriages in the Islamic world are relative relations.
3: As in cousins. Yes,
0: are blood relations. Yeah. That is I did not just make that <laughs> up. They're like just I did learning not about just about throw out some gnarly fact about people that I'm not a part of. They're just yeah. learning about how bad it is. Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean you I'm you not even think that has hasn't
3: that been around for a while though? Fuck yeah.
0: No no, dude. I that I'm b- like back, back in the day, I bet like just in the like in the fifties it was we were just like, oh, cousin, fucking, oh, yeah. but she's so hot. Uh, like, come on, let me just yeah. do it. See, and it's yeah. a social been, contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is a social contract, dude. But it's still produces. I told you, like, mom. Dude, I saw a video of a guy who has to take like fifty different types of medications a day because his, pa- his parents are cousins. <laughs> He's also a dumbass. Dude, the, mo- he the majority has an IQ of, of like eighty, right? Dude, yeah, dude when, when you are not that dumb,
1: Flatters When around, you now. when you don't want to fuck your sister, it's because it's because there's something in your brain that recognizes that you grew up with her, like. There's no way to okay. smell that it's your sister. There's no way to like know that I shouldn't fuck my sister unless it's I'm like Just yeah. like that like repetitive cognitive like this is my sister. She's a baby, you know. You don't grow up with your cousins. It's why it's why you know sometimes cousins can be hot.
3: Right? You think under right? any certain Okay, Sam. In right? 1400s would Not you No, my cousins look at but your, your cousins and be can like be like hot. I your cousins sad. are hotter. She knows so much about me. We're soulmates. we like we were made for each other.
0: Fucking gnarly. That's Woody Allen shit, dude. It's, it's you. They, they weren't, weren't related. related. I know, you know but sti- it's still It is still up. step si-
1: yeah. step siblings. It's power. It's about yeah, yeah, power. yeah. No, it was about because he nurtured her and yeah, watched her grow right. and yeah, he it's made it's her into this power. person power. that he wanted. He wanted for himself. It's about power. Unlimited yeah. That's power. All. What do you? What, no, Woody Allen did what Soon Young Kim, what like a master ceramicist would do with a clay pot. He just molded her and then he pissed into it. Because she's Asian.
5: Cool. Yeah. No, had to no. and you can't plant. rule the that
3: out. The word mold—the word mold
1: here is important because
3: human She's still mold mold better than off of than mold. being a Korean orphan, though. I'll say that live on air, dude. I bet Ooh, she, she loves what she off wanted off to do. Before. It. He didn't like.
0: He didn't force her to marry her. We edit that out.
3: What if I want to oh, be yeah. a? <laughs> 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 what if I want to do something with my life? I don't think they're. gonna I don't think Cisco Systems is going to. I watched a
1: documentary about podcasts. Amy Schumer. This guy dug up so much about Amy Schumer. So yeah, much what,
0: that's what she does about to people. Like she, she sucks. dug up a fucking ten year um footage of, of Joey Diaz on the JRE you? on the Joe Rogan podcast of him like saying some pretty gnarly shit. Like oh, basically yeah. saying oh, like he would, yeah then he then would he would, he would give girls stage time at the if at the Laugh Factory if uh. they would suck my dick. And Joe Rogan <laughs> was like. How many girls you do that to? He was like, like twenty, dog.
1: <laughs> like no, no <laughs> joke, twenty. Like, dogs. No joke. No, he
0: goes.
3: No
1: joke, like twenty,
0: Like twenty, dog. <laughs> like 20. And it's like, clarified And all cool. they all die
1: like, of I'm lap- serious up. right now. Twenty. This ain't a joke, dog. Twenty. Wait,
3: there was yeah. some video of a streamer. You know who? Rice like it's garly, but like, like it was s- on the Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you do you know you
1: who?
2: It's DM. called if the it, casting couch for a reason. Everybody acts like it's such a big fucking deal. There's a reason yeah. why there's a trope called the casting couch is that for years and years, women were taught that the way you got ahead in Hollywood is that you had to sleep with everybody. Like, that was the Weinstein thing. And then when someone stood up like the Mira way, Sorvino, yeah, yeah. Weinstein when someone different. like Mira Sorvino stood up and said, no, I'm not going to get in a bathtub with you. You're a scary, fat old fuck. He tanked with her a whole career. dick. What happened to Mira Sorvino? She, like, got a fucking Oscar or something or got nominated, and then she disappeared. And the same thing happened to the girl who was in Jawbreaker, who was so pretty, who was, like, with Marilyn Manson for a while. And she's kind of a weirdo and kind I of a fun little wacky yeah. actress. Yeah, Rose McGowan. The same thing happened to Rose McGowan that happened to Mira Sorvino. And that it was that Harvey Weinstein said, fuck me or I'll tank your career. And they said no. And then he tanked their careers. And it happened from like, why did they disappear? Why were they big yeah, in the early sucks. 90s? And all of a sudden, in the late 90s, they disappeared. In the thousands, <laughs> they weren't there. And we're Is all that they said that. no, but everyone else the said
3: yes. And
0: all like, we're the all better th-
3: for that. That cultural thing being destroyed, we are all better off. For okay. sure. I mean society's better off for that. I mean, thing. not, you, not scumbags. Scumbags, scumbags
0: are definitely not better off. They're like yeah, shit. Harvey you. blew up the spot. You know dog. how men? You I know how
1: men get ahead in life by giving young starlets careers.
0: Yeah, that's how men get Dude, a, a single Dude, he, I, I saw a video. There's some. There's some. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm a comedian. <laughs> A blab, blue, blue, <laughs> um, Aren't I ooga, wacky? Ooga. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Family Guy. Andy Dick.
3: I love Dude, Andy Dick. Dude, you see Andy Dick get punched in the face because there's like was like I just want a treat and no, somebody I could, like will punch not him in the, the face. Video. Dude, he's humiliating himself. He did a cribs tour. He lived in a shed. <laughs> shed oh, fuck yes! Lowe's. It's a nice <laughs> one. And then he's like, "This is my painting. It's worth three thousand uh. dollars." Had to keep something, and then later on he got drunk and got punched. Yeah, he He got jumped by dudes because he was drunk and he was like saying like the n word or something. Reckless shit, I bet. Yeah, Yeah, that's some some Andy Dick shit. Yeah, that's what Andy Dick do. Andy Dick. He went to my school, alma mater. Really? He went to Columbia. Yeah. Ooh. King shit. My my hero, my idol, my striving star. Andy Dick. What a hilarious
0: name.
2: I don't think it's real. I think it's some stage name.
1: My friend's name was Dick
3: Arms.
0: <laughs> Richard, Richard Julian Arms, arms the fifth. <laughs> arms, dude. Dickie arms. Hey, hit up dicky Arms. We need really? some. <laughs> we suspended? need some Birkenstocks. Me, and, me,
1: and, him,
3: me and, <laughs> and him. Andy's dick's <laughs> real name is Andrew Dick. Oh. Oh. Skim, wild. Skim
1: pop quizzes from the history teacher. We used to go in after he left, oh. take pictures of the shit on the envy touches oh, we that we had. Arms. I'd
0: be lookout, he would take the pictures, and good old Dicky would come in. And we got busted.
5: It's so hey, funny because
2: in all the time that you probably spent setting up that heist, you could have just studied oh, the material fuck. and learned yeah.
1: it then <laughs> fine on fuck. the test. Yeah. No, you could have. I mean, but it you applied yourself in a not different true. way. I hear that all the time. If you just applied, no, it applied, applied yourself true. and cheating? did the
5: work, no, no dude, it's
1: more efficient than not cheating.
2: No, it's not. Not if you have to do a lot. Yeah, but you had to pull off a heist. Yeah, how many hours did
1: you Start to the get heist. a groove, then you start to know, and how then you you're are hella good at heisting. It's yeah, like, it's like, just once like you what you your do find study. You just repeat your act I mean, for twenty so years, if you're Jerry Seinfeld. But like, it's just like that, you know. Once you figure out how to print out the thing and tape it to the inside of the water bottle, or like put
3: find the perfect note card, put it inside the test, you know. Good
1: yeah, but why wouldn't
2: you, you just do the work? Aaron, you and cheat learn
3: all the something. time. You I mean? see you. What do you mean? Your phone on the stage? That's not cheating. That's my persona. It's a cheater. Are you. Cheating? It's not cheating. Delicious one. How would you, you know? Cheetah girls, man.
1: I respect it. I'm one of the cheater girls too. I don't cheat. You cheat, but you, you bring this phone on the stage. I used to have a bit about it. I was like, I'm gonna cheat right now. You know. It's I used cheating. to. I used to write joke one, joke two, it's joke three on my style. hand, and then say, go up on the stage, be like, oh joke one. D- that doesn't really help. It's does a different
3: it? style. Are you? What are you? Are you cheating for just being an angry comic? I mean, is that cheating? Is that a crutch? No. Yeah, I would say. I'd say it's a crutch, just to be like angry about everything.
0: You know. I don't think anything's a crutch in the Dude, I'm way. only
3: saying it because I do it, too, and I consider it cheating. That doesn't mean that I do it as a cheat, as a crutch at all.
0: I don't do it. I don't remember shit up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I fucking get it. Oh, I'm going to say this. What the fuck was I going to say? All right, I'll talk know. about dicks.
1: <laughs> Everybody loves Default. dicks. Really <laughs> yeah,
0: well, <laughs> when I'm still in that dick on dicks. Yeah. This
1: is the only comment.
3: I love using my phone because it's just so casual, you know? People want you to be casual, but you also, know that you're just up there. you
2: use your phone actually using it as a sound device, so that's different. Like, it's it's that almost well. a prop. That
3: as well. I so mean, it is a prop. I think that, yeah, I mean, well, I, I used to feel the same way about open micers using their phone, but it's no different than using, like fucking notepad i guess unless you want to convince the audience yeah, that yeah, you just like too, I bring things oh to i'm off to the top it. of my head i'm just like naturally thinking of this funny stuff they know
2: better there would be no point for me to bring any notes on stage because i'm so blind that i couldn't see anything i'd written down anyway at this point like uh. i wouldn't even be able to read the only way i'd be able to read it at this point is like look really far away or look really close up which i can't do so there's just there's there's no option for me to even try I can do it without my phone, but it's just so
0: stale, you bro. Did I, that I could take a bomb? Yeah, sure. Yeah, lady.
2: Okay, d- um, d- 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 no dead air, everybody. Keep no being, dead air. I'm scintillating. Yeah, Jesus Christ.
0: silly and goofy okay. you and guys, friends. You and guys stuff? ever
3: watch Making a Model with Yolanda Hadid? <laughs> no. no but I've heard about it. She takes 13-year-old girls and tells them they're g- fat. G- gives
0: them Adderall. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah, she's yeah. like, You fat, need to lose about drugs, 30 pounds. Uh, how that much? Weinstein shit. Everybody's pissed about it, but that's actually what we all do. So <laughs> Donate <scene>? it. <laughs> I've been involved in the wine scene. The wine scene. Yeah, would you take wines? a drug
1: if if you knew it would make you
0: better at the thing you wanted to be good at? That's what Dude, I have a drug that alcohol. would make me better at the thing I'm good at. Zans. You sleep better. Dude, uh, I do. I do some pretty sleeping? good comedy off just like a touch of Zan. Because you get up there and the adrenaline kind of overpowers the stupidness that you get with a touch of the Zan. Yeah, I agree,
2: I agree with that. Benzodiazepines don't hurt you on stage. They don't yeah. hurt. They don't hurt me on well, stage. Wait, well, Alcohol it depends how many you benzos stage. you
0: ate. Because if you <laughs> ate too many, Valium, yeah,
1: ten milligrams of Valium is a lot of Valium. Yeah, well, I don't. I, get, it, I don't. So. Really,
0: I haven't really gotten into the Valium game. All I know is like a quarter bar. A I don't quarter. Know, the break either. off one of those. A quarter of those big old zanny sticks, and you go on stage, and you're you're loosey goosey, and you're wacky, and you're good. And you're not nervous. That's what's most important. And But the thing about that is that's so dan- – like, you can't fucking get in the habit of getting using an anti-anxiety drug to get rid of your anxiety Ugh. on stage. Yeah, like that's what the alcohol, fuck? What dude. happens when you, what you run you out of Zans, at, bro? What I'm trying to get at is yeah, – I
1: drink a little pills. bit of liquor before I Would I use
0: dick pills <laughs> and just have an a unimpressive hard-on on stage? No way. No, it's
1: not <laughs> about – A balloon nut. <laughs> it's not about having a boner on stage. It's about lasting a long time on stage. Ah, uh. Like – Dick pills, people, people. Have you eaten diss some on dick, dick, pills? dick pills, dude? Pe- people take Roman. dick pills and they're like, "Why would I get hard just to come in two seconds anyway?" It's like you don't come in two seconds. If dick you're dick coming pills, in two seconds, 12. you don't need Why dick pills. Why would you want
2: dick pills? Because
1: it's, yeah, yeah. no, it's not about No, that's it, Pam, Pam. Pill. That's that. I used to just say that all the time. Like
2: it's such a, it's such a dumb thing, like it a kid. It's not good enough. Have you ever had dick
1: pills? You know what dick pills do to a dick?
5: No.
2: I,
1: I Have you ever eaten a dick pill? They turn you into a Neanderthal. I don't because
2: I've never needed them. I don't take drugs unless I...
1: Make you hard, and they make you stay rock fucking hard the whole time, and you don't and you don't ever you don't ever dude I bust it too early.
5: You I've, don't ever blast bust? off.
1: You don't ever Apollo Eleven Challenger eighty five. You're not exploding. You're 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 in it to win it. It's it's miracle on ice when you're fucking with dick pills. Like I pill. took t- I took a dick or? pill once
0: and I didn't get laid. <laughs> and I fucking was just you left took with it the too gnarliest early. blue balls. You yeah. took it too early. Yeah, well That's I was hard. like, this is a sure thing. Uh, it didn't happen. I just went back to my spot and I felt so. I it was blue balls times a thousand.
1: You know what you got to do? You know what those. And then I rubbed those? one
0: out and it made it just like had turned it into regular blue balls. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> and I just like keep going. I you know swear what those God. Nazi, you know what those well. Nazi
1: spies would do? With just they keep a little cyanide thing in their back tooth. Yeah, fake. You gotta tooth. take a dick pill. Find the old Yeah, those, <laughs> that'd
0: be sick. Oh, that'd out. be so sweet. Stro-
1: in the back mo. <laughs> like, what your cheek, you're
0: like, I'm dipping, bitch. Dick pill. Oh, that'd be fucking so many you. Oh, that should have been a Deuce Bigelow European Jigolo joke. They should have put that in the movie. Juicy, take your dick pill. In case things get too rough, I can You guys I have g- never. I, fucked g- fucked I, d- I d- hope d- things don't come to it. No, I've I've fucked on a dick pill. It makes you ravenous. Ravenous. It's. It's. Yeah, shocking. it's I, I really
1: think it's going to be the new norm. I think like like, like as much as Adderall in the work culture, and because men bad. are you don't such need a
2: lazy cowards. You are lazy you cowards. Even we'll you even talking about this. You're 24 years old and you're talking about this offends me oh, yeah. deeply because oh, yeah. it means you're a lazy coward. Uh-huh. You could do it Man. on your own, yeah, just fine. Correct. And you decide to augment with drugs. What uh-huh. the yeah, fuck Yeah, but we we can party
0: without drugs too. Everything you said is correct. Because it's more
2: lit. But that's the whole thing. Is that you? You don't need the help so why take it no
0: extra
5: right. I'm gonna put extra. the same I'm gonna put the same argument to it
3: makeup yeah. it would be like you if know I women shouldn't wear makeup for the same reason no, but I don't wear women no makeup. more makeup you don't need it without it that's so lazy why not just run yeah, Pam, and lose weight same oh. argument stupid I, hey,
2: I run and lose weight all the time.
3: I'm not. Then this isn't for you. I don't use dick pills. I bet Sam doesn't even use dick pills. It's just for the sake of the argument.
2: Maybe. I'm just saying it's offensive that a person under 30 would even conceptualize using them. Because you can do fine without
0: them. It's not. Come on.
2: But then why? I
0: don't care about your feelings. Because, no, because it's just, it's like, okay, Uh, like, have this sex or just have this wild and crazy ravenous sex. And it's like, you're going to just turn it down on the... On the premise of I don't need them. Like, okay, somebody offers me a line of coke and be like, like, and I'm drunk. Oh, I'm drunk. I don't need that coke. Like, you'll never hear me say that. <laughs> like, someone's gonna give me drugs. i be like, all right, hey, listen, I don't need these drugs. I most certainly don't need them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And dude, honestly, wrong they do generation. all the time. Oh,
4: wrong. Wrong. That's why you're so gonna
0: the take the pills. A
2: pill to fix no, no. It.
0: Yeah, but it's that's not our fault. No, My exactly. parents gave me pills. <laughs> no, oh, parents gave me pills.
2: I mean, I'm just lucky that I never was put on all that fucking methamphetamine as a child. Yeah. I, I don't think that you me need it Me and Sam, that's why we're so fucked up. And then up. they fucking give it to you, and then you're 30, <laughs> and you think that there's a pill for everything. Your kidneys are going to be fucked when you're in your 40s. Yeah. You take this many drugs no, when you're young. Have you ever thought 40s. about what long-term Adderall or yeah. speed yeah. usage so does we, You your, don't when
0: you're a kid. You're going to be on dialysis when you're 45. Oh, God, don't say this shit, dude. makes me want to drink, man. be fine. It makes you a beautiful name like for a baby girl. Yeah, we're going to we're
5: going to have pacemakers dialysis. that are so The lit dialysis the machines
0: <laughs> you're going to be able to put them <laughs>
3: in your breast pocket. It's going to be fine. What if I name my daughter Dialysis? That's a beautiful name. You know those <laughs> hip <laughs> dialysis. Dialysis. dialysis, Dialysis Atkins.
0: That's <laughs> very Dialysis pretty. Atkins. Oh my god, and Atkins she's is a the Pisces. name of a diet. She's a Pisces. I'm a Taurus, says she's expensive, but I could afford it. my friend it.
3: drives a Taurus. All right. Dick pills. I, wham, wham, wham. Dude, I like to ranting.
2: Dick rant. pills. Ranting is like new one of my norm? favorite things to yeah.
0: do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, do you, but like, I, I understand where you're coming from with a dick pill, but like, you, you can apply that attitude to any drugs. Yeah. For sure. And to makeup,
3: and to, I mean, what? Women just Women just really have so much.
0: The only know. reason why I agree with That's you is because if you don't need dick bad pills, bad. they really give you the rapey vibe. Like, they really <laughs> give you the, ha, ha, They turn you into a caveman. <laughs>
1: My dude, like it like, is
0: Argh. funny. It is I've funny. I've never like, felt You're silent. aggressively horny, and it's like, okay. <laughs> you ever take?
1: You ever take one, and then just like with your friend, just like one friend, like you both take it, and then you yes. go to his kids, like, like. Game.
0: <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go I to don't your, have yeah, any friends with kids on Facebook.
4: You go
2: to your cousin's bar mitzvah
4: when you yeah. got a cheap
2: pill and you hang out with all those kids. Yeah, and you're olds,
0: aggressively you horny. In the corner. Oh. <laughs> and you slow yeah, dance with you them. You can overpower the boner, but like you, you can't dance. overpower the nut thing that you happens. Slow down, you slow dance right. with them and you your keep the right distance,
2: just like the janitor, so that
0: you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I have
2: a very funny image in my head
0: now. Or you can go, goodbye, horses, and just shove your sack behind. Rock, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not good looking but kids. I take it to make <laughs> how they are. That's why <laughs> I take them. Uh, Youth League Softball. Can <laughs> I have your number.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Uni
0: radio in the morning. Intermural <laughs> baseball. With I am Can we play 50. this in the morning? Can we do
3: this? Can this be our drive time show?
5: we can play it when
0: drive
3: time, we can time live <laughs> Mutiny radio in the morning with yeah. bu- 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 billy so Your boy boy S- sam Carroll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> pam ben uh, Benjamin. bam bam we're on the other side of the uh, uh ooga. <laughs> 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 <That was laughs> give it a two give it a two. Mutiny radio in the morning
0: Fucking up frequencies
3: with and Pam shit. Benjamin. Oh, I know. We'll,
2: we'll pull it out later. You could be the
3: new Delilah, Pam.
2: I don't know who that is. <laughs> before <laughs> you
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> it's before get right, your get time. Wrecked.
2: Bam, she you host- mean Elvira?
3: No, she hosted the greatest soft rock, soft pop adult contemporary show, that with a Christian lean on 94.5 K-Bay. For, she was nationally syndicated. Miro and Dude, she used to play Katie Lang. <laughs> <laughs> the James Game. She, oh, she yeah. used yeah. to All play people. Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton back to back. Tears and then she'd play, <laughs> where did I go wrong? I lost a friend somewhere. And I was like, damn, I guess I, also I too lost a friend somewhere in the bitterness. I'm eight years old.
0: And then she p- and then she played. Delilah, What's it like down in Bakersfield? You're
2: you're a good enough singer and you know music well enough that you could do a whole montage of karaoke songs. That could be very, very funny, especially since you're so young. And if you did them from a whole different time period, like even if you did like the history of music through karaoke, starting with the Bee Gees right. and did your funny voice and then like, starting eh.
0: with the Bee Gees. I mean, it's almost <laughs> that's where it began. <laughs> Me and Aaron, Play if, if anyone doesn't know, me and Aaron are hella hell good at karaoke. We're stupid at karaoke. But my point <laughs> is that it'd be <laughs> a funny joke. It would started. be like
2: Saturday Night Live when the when he did the thingy with the lounge music with the girl and the piano and the Will Ferrell. The lounge singer, yeah. Yo, you I cashed have, this I have, last night. No, yeah, this. let me
0: get some herb. There's no. plenty I've got a whole goodbye reefer. Goodbye reefer. They're taking they're taking our reefer. What if they give talk show on SNL? Hilarious. <laughs> that's our left they're taking our goods? Well, they're taking our reefer. Actually, they're giving us back put your weed the in there. Dude, gun sales Oh, wait, do you hear protests. that? Shots. That's gunshots. Yeah. Oh, really?
4: I don't
2: like them. Yeah. No,
1: it's still, no fireworks fireworks yeah, it's, yeah, it's still
0: fireworks. Yeah, yeah that's fireworks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That sounded really different from the fireworks.
2: I've been watching my alone show, and every time there's a noise, they like, that's yeah. a yeah. Puma.
1: That's yeah. gunshots. Yeah. People be like, that's a yeah. hard motherfucker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gunshots, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't have no idea. If it's yeah, exactly. i do, it's gunshots. Yeah, I know, bro. No, it was so straight. The sound, like the sounds, were just so staggered like and not City. fucking. You know, I'm a white guy. I don't know shit.
5: <laughs>
0: Want to hear what it
3: sounds like when a when a oh, horn you.
0: has sex? Supp- oh my God, are those gunshots <laughs> in the house? Yeah, <laughs> you should have said that in the mic. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, I was
3: distracting him with my
0: horn
2: I've got sex. I've got my new inappropriate joke, but I think I need to sell it to Warhol or give it to him. Spit it right now. It's the oh I have oh said it a couple times. But so you know how Tiger Woods is really rich mm-hmm. and he's also half Thai and half black? Right. Do we call him a tycoon?
0: Uh.
3: it's so good. I feel it's like good. it has to have been done before.
2: It has to have been done before. <laughs> I know it's it should so already good, be on the internet.
3: But it's good.
2: I am I am more clever than people give actually, this is this COVID's actually quite helped me out. I'm sorry that weed is so bad and my bong doesn't work either. It's just such like a, it's just, it's just a a disaster. It's
0: a recipe for disaster. Pam, what you just said reminds me of something that I've been saying. The only time I know that I'm better than you is if you say, you think you're better than me? And you (laughs) just said, every, nobody says that I'm talented or creative, right? Me thinks I'll protest too much. No,
2: no, I do. I oftentimes (laughs) feel... But no, lately I've felt really great about it since COVID started because I'm part of all these other weird things and I'm like... Since comedy sort of disappeared and I've been one of the only people that has access to it, I've watched my sets. I'm way funnier than I was like six months ago. Like, I'm much more comfortable and... Maybe it's because everybody else sucks because they're not getting the time that I'm getting. And so yeah. I'm like, ha, 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 look at me get better. And you all get worse.
0: Ha, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know. Worse. Yeah,
2: maybe it's not me getting better. Maybe it's just everybody else getting worse. And I don't mind that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should kind of just be indifferent to it. I think being indifferent to people getting worse is, is the best attitude because obviously the worst part of you is going to be like, yes, everybody's sucking. But the part best, part, yeah. yeah, the best part. You should be like, oh, I'm trying to make them better, and like being in the middle is just is good, a good person. I think.
2: Oh no, like, I'm the I'm trying to help I'll people. I'm, I'm trying to me. I'm trying to help a specific group of people get better.
0: Like, yeah. Other like than your that, friends. Fuck them. Everybody else is a yeah, everybody dick. Everybody else can suck a dick. Yeah. Sure. Everybody else, yeah. All right. No one wants friends. me to read a
3: poem.
2: Yeah. No oh, I l- your stuff. Your work is so good. Yeah, yeah friends. No, no, You've no. You got all your, 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 um, just a mess of haikus.
0: Ain't your thing. This one comes in an Irish accent. Your pen. Oh, this one comes in I an like Irish I like curtains
3: orb. that don't quite shut. I like bread knives that don't quite cut. I like rips in blue jeans. I like people who can't say what they mean. I like spiders with no legs. Pencils with no lead. Ants with no heads. Worms that are half dead. I like holes. I like coffee cold. I like creases and neat folds. I like signs that just don't know where they're going. We're under attack here at Mutiny Radio. I like angry poems. I like the way you can't pin down the sea. See. Hey, I the sea. Ooh. The sea, sea. sea. Oh, I That's love nice. the
2: sea. S-C-A. Like sea, though. Like yeah, I got like it. Yeah, I got that homonym there at the you end. You know, that Mutiny was nice.
0: Radio was founded yeah. in a mutiny uh, in an 1800s uh, sea vessel. Sure. Ooh, heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's surprise. what Pam told me. Yeah. Sir John Crozier was the captain of the ship. He didn't respect the men's needs, is what happened. Right, boys?
3: And we were like, let's get a mutiny and just do comedy.
0: Lads.
3: We just want to do stand-up comedy
0: this should be to an not internet a place audience. for harboring mutinies, or harboring resentment.
3: If only there was a way for tens of people to tune in and hear what we have to say.
2: <laughs> tens of people. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. That's
2: funny. That's, that's good and true.
3: No, this is a very syndicated podcast.
2: Doesn't it go? Out to like five. Well, this is this later. one's called Pop Off and he hasn't been doing it for a while since COVID.
0: We're popping off, baby. Yeah. And he, f- oh, is this with
2: and he actually this um <laughs> he usually plays eighties music, which is really cool. And he calls it something like Dusty Cove or something. Anyways. <laughs> <on> <laughs> Dusty
0: music. Cove. That it sounds like a pirate's whorehouse. It is, it's something like that. <laughs> but yeah, sounds tens lit. of tens
2: of tens I, of people are listening. I'd hang out so in, in a place
0: called mean, Dusty Cove. Town. I she got a real dusty cold. Real. Have you met Bear
1: before? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <I> <laughs> Perfect. <in> <laughs> what
2: up <bear>?
3: there?
0: that's <laughs> right, everybody. Yeah. Sam's a trespasser.
3: Who wants to hear another poem? Sure. This one's by Emily Dickinson. I mean, oh, by poem.
2: Emily. Did you know that every Emily Who Dickinson can poem, poem can be sung to the you? tune of of Gilligan's Island? every emily dickinson long
3: years apart can make work. no breach no. a second cannot fill
2: it, it works
3: the uh yeah you're right i'm not going to do that it it's be-
2: <laughs> uh, because i yeah, couldn't right, stop, I stop for death he kindly stopped for me there was nothing between ourselves but immortality it just keeps going just so fire emily every dickinson every single emily er dickinson poem can be sung she's got bars
3: Long Gilligan's Years Apart Zile,
0: Gilligan's that's
2: This the is called teach, That's what you when you're teaching um, like Creative Writing slant. 101 and you get to the poetry section And you get to Emily Dickinson That's what you t- teach everybody to like fuck them up forever <laughs> So that every time they read Emily Dickinson <laughs> They remember bum to bum sing bum it like bum
3: Say bum. what you mean But say it slant Yeah. This one's called oh 1383 Christ by Emily shit. Dickinson Long Years Apart Can make no breach A second cannot fail the absence of the witch does not invalidate the spell. The embells of a thousand yells uncovered by the hand that with them when they were fire will stir and understand.
5: Here we, here we, here we fucking go. Here we, here we, here we fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> I do
3: the I do the <laughs> poetry reading with go the an Glasgow. <laughs> I do the poetry
2: reading <laughs> with the Glasgow people at <laughs> noon every Friday, so or every Wednesday. If you want to call into our Zoom, you can feel free to read your I'll poems. Every
3: one of their poems. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> <see>. <laughs>
2: They'd kick you out so fast. They're all really um they're all really respectful and nice and they even use the right they ask you to use your pro they ask you to introduce your pronouns before you even start because they're trying to be super inclusive. Uh. They're nice people. And they actually listen to people's poems and then they like
0: Clap up on my frame. Just like witches at Black Mass. Go sail, ick.
2: Alright now did
0: it. Wamp 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 wamp.
3: Everybody, what's your best accent?
2: I can only do Iceland. I can do Icelandic. Re- I can do Bjork, that's it. That's, that's all I got.
3: Billy, what about you?
0: I reckon I can do a pretty good Irishman. That's alright. Sam, what about yeah. you?
1: He's probably black.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, you're yeah, you a, a Do it,
0: asshole. Do it. <laughs> we fucking hate you. If you do, would it. do it, we're canceling you. It's <laughs> all that urban these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a one, tag, it,
4: uh,
5: yeah. That's,
3: that's
0: a one tag, tag. Yeah.
3: Can anybody do a Chris
0: Rock? impression? I do accents, but I
5: can't do black One rib. How
4: much for just one rib? Your substitute oh, teacher. No. <laughs> How much for just one rib?
1: Uh, Jimmy Fallon, I hear, can do a great Chris Rock impression.
0: Dude, yeah, it's pretty good. I watched that blackface video. Yeah, it's li- it's his blackface video. Jimmy Fallon got outed. Justin Trudeau, doesn't you know what get didn't get outed? Trudeau. You know what
1: didn't get outed? What is Jimmy Fallon's Ben and Jerry's flavor still stocked at a local store near you? Yeah, did not get ca- uh, uh, what is it called? Kept the ice cream deal. What? It's, it's a, a good ass ice cream. dough.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: It's a it's a what Who it cares? is what is it? Is? It's, a, it's a a nice mild smell. vanilla in it's a thin brownies. coating of chocolate.
0: Yeah, with some cookie dough anyway, chunks anyway. in it. Edible because that's a blackface though. joke right there. Uh, that's a really nice. good one, that but really I did not oblique.
3: understand. Was, it was a little yeah, weird. I thought you were really good. I, but I thought you were actually describing that. It's the a cream. A what I should really
1: have done good. is like it's like a it's, you, a, ch- it it's a thin layer of chocolate over a mild vanilla. Yes. Just reverse them. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: That's a good one. You have to set it up. Make that clear. Yeah, and you have to talk about Jimmy Fallon being in blackface a couple sentences before, so that it'll make sense. But not right next to it, so it's too obvious. But it is hard to get.
1: Jimmy Fallon's boring talk
3: about something else.
5: Yeah,
2: me too. Y- we it's only have 15, 16 minutes left. All so. Jimmy Fallon
3: does do is clap and laugh. He yeah. just goes, ha! That's all he does. He goes
2: ha.
0: And blackface. And then he goes back to asking
3: questions. And he goes yeah. back to
0: blackface after that.
3: He does musical impressions that are pretty fucking good. No lie. What about, um... He SNL. You, g- do you guys watch SNL auditions? Nah. You can see some famous comics. Will Ferrell's? I don't Will watch Ferrell's SNL. so good yeah. with the Get Off the Shed.
1: Oh, there's the the one that That's wasn't shit. recorded that only Will Ferrell will tell the story. Ah. He just he just went he just pretended he was a worm on the ground. He got on all, all he got on his hip and then kept his arms and his his arms together and his legs together and he just went around the room and he was like I'm a nightworm. I'm a nightworm. And that and like instead of reading the script, he just did that. It, as as his
3: audition. What the hell? <laughs> and, they, and they were
1: like he's got it he's got it a star is
3: born that's insane because yeah. <laughs> i saw i saw the get off the shed one which all is right. genuinely one of the best solo sketches of all time i think they tried to do it as like a as an ensemble sketch on snl and it just sucked ass because how he plays every role is just phenomenal heightened so well you're know what I'm talking about the get off the shed sketch with uh, will yeah. ferrell we did an audition for SNL, and he just plays a dad doing barbecue. And he's like, yeah, I'm just doing barbecue. Get off the shed. And it just builds off that. That's sure.
2: Get off the shed! He just shouts it, and <laughs> yeah. he's such
3: a good shouter. Sure, sure, he just sure.
2: I love him as the cheerleader. You know, taco, burrito, what's coming out of your speedo? You got trouble. What? What? You got bubbles. Yay! <laughs> 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 when you, him and Sherry O'Terry are the fucking oh cheerleaders, and they're cheerleading for the dumbest shit. It's perfect. I loved it. Loved good. and it's super old,
3: too. I think the cowb- the cowbell one is his most overrated role because that is, although it's the most iconic, I think he is sox, an... Dude, the socks,
1: dude. The socks made it. it iconic. Boston
2: Sports made it iconic. You're right. It's not a great... Sk- it's <laughs> no, it's his stomach. It's his,
3: h- it's
0: no, his dude, stomach I coming I remember out I of died of laughter when I first that watched that. And I was and also, like, so 12. But it's you forget so that
6: funny.
3: it's Will Ferrell, in a way. You know? I, d- I, d- I forgot that that was Will Ferrell because of the, the cowbell marketing has become so much. Yeah. Step Brothers, well, Christopher Talatica Walken Nights, is
2: what made that sketch great. I mean, it isn't like yeah. – that wasn't a Will Ferrell I a sketch female. per se. Wait, was
5: can I speak
3: like on the room for a second? Yeah. Stepbrothers. Yeah. Bomb-ass movie. Oh,
0: come on. <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Brave, straight brave. Up. <laughs> I like Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> yeah.
2: Steenburgen, who plays, plays the mom, I like her a lot right. as an actress. She was in The Yearling, which was a movie in the 70s, mm. where she took care of, like, a fawn in the backwoods. It was crazy. It was like – but I've always loved Mary Steenburgen, and she's like fucking 70 and she's still hot. So she
3: yeah, she, she is bro. hot. The Citizen Kane of our generation, dude. That's such a good
0: movie. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, like oh I, met her I, I met, met her. I met her. Met so I met her in a you Mary I met her at really? Phoenix airport. Really? How the fuck did that? Ab- how did that play out?
4: Oh, her. it wasn't and her. It wasn't her. It she maybe has
0: curly her. black hair it was, I think it was Condoleezza Cougar. Rice Why not? <laughs> 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 <of> <laughs> actually. Ah, classic mix-up Condoleezza condescending stay
1: condescending in condos that my dad and mom pay for it.
0: Uh, condescending Condoleezza Rice Condoleezza
3: Rice is fire she never got fired even Colin Powell he got fired that's a bar that's kind of a bar thank you that rhymed I watched a four-part, several-hour PBS documentary uh, on TV. What with was it called
0: Ken Burns' The
3: Civil War? It's called. I, that love, everything. <laughs> Dude, I love everything. I love like everything. Baseball. Bur-
5: Ken,
3: <laughs> Bur- <laughs> Bur- Ken Burns. <laughs> baseball. It <laughs> was like four <laughs> yeah, days. Ken Burns' baseball is hella good. That's it. The baseball. baseball. The Vietnam, the Vietnam, the
2: Vietnam,
0: Vietnam one, one is so probably the best one. The Opus. I think. Civil War is my favorite. Nam is probably the best
2: one. I've. I've always been. Fascinating no in Vietnam way. because no i like is my the best one. my parents. Nam is so great My
0: parents it's
4: generation that Yeah,
2: was but like the baseball, one no, was about seven baseball. Days. no, no, it's I just always days, been really no, interested, no, interested no, in Vietnam because of yeah. when I was born and it was such a Close war and it was so like it was right there, but we weren't even acknowledging it Then and when I was in eighth grade, I had to do this project and I stood out in front of the mall with a VHS camera because my dad had one or whatever and I asked people what they thought about Vietnam. And this is like in 1988. And half the people wouldn't answer me. They're like, VHS. I don't want to talk about that. They're like, we don't talk. Why are you asking? That's, th- 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 we don't, we're not, I don't know. Wa- and just no one wanted to. going th- on Damn, YouTubes. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was before YouTubes. It was in 1988. It was for a school project. It's for school. This
1: is public property. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I can lunch, film, yeah, I I can know, film here if I want to film. There was going to be like this way to connect everything. And everyone's going to be able to see everything one day. you're being a Karen in a specific moment that it could get back to in the
0: end.
2: That's Karen was funny. a really popular name when I was growing up too. And I mean,
0: now I look at them. But yeah, <laughs> but that's that's like what it is. When you were growing up, they were like, like the generation before you. They that was like a massive name, and now the generation before you is just absolutely Trudy. Trudy. This used to be really annoying. Amish names. Yeah. Go for it, Jebediah, yo! But hold up, Karen. It would suck if
1: your name was just Karen. And
0: yeah, like, the kid. Imagine oh, being a kid named Karen. Chad. Like Kyle, Kyle, and Chad. They've gotten by. They're imagine
1: four-year-old Karen yeah. and her mom. Like, I can't believe my her Karen. I knew it was a dying name, and I still went for it. Like, there are yeah. four-year-old Karens out there.
0: Dude, I kind of always hated the name Chad. I'll be honest. Like, uh, Chad, no, just Chad said, I Chad sucks. I have a friend named Chad. He's Everyone who's Chad like is
1: overcompensating for being Chad, and they're trying to be like cool yeah. and shit. Like You're being
3: told to that because you know? society conditions Chad. you to be a Chad, you know. And like, what's harder than that? Be a Chad.
1: You know the Chad that I know. It's he like got racism. wood earrings. He has w- earrings. Oh wood, no. wood earrings now. And now he's Chad with wood earrings instead of like Chad who plays across The Chad I know Which was he he hell good at
0: lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he also plays lacrosse. Like the best now he's got
1: wood team. earrings.
0: Damn, there were two Chads on our team. Wood earrings. <laughs> Like gauges?
1: No, they're not gauges. It's a metal pin sticking into a wood, and then only the metal pin goes into the ear. That's wood. Wood earrings. Made of wood.
0: <laughs> like. Jesus.
1: Like get don't get water on it, cause then it will rot, and then you. Rotten wood earrings.
0: Kind of metal. That's a good nickname. Oh no, or a metal band. Rotten wood earrings. Hey, I'm I going over to the, the Watt Rodden Earring Show. You wanna band. come? No, that yeah, sounds terrible.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah, the Megadeth Side Project folk band is wood
1: You can't go to South America because you would get
3: termites. Ha ah. just one termite in his ear. That
0: cool. What we got termites in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> like a Tom
1: Hanks termite, like a like a castaway termite that just found uh. a piece of one and he's looking for his body. like,
5: Where are you? <laughs> what the? Wilson! <laughs> I this here guy's here a dick! Here. He's conversationally insufficient! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i on a fucking wood Wilson. earring. That would suck. Wilson!
2: Yeah. That movie was actually terrifying at the beginning when he goes in the plane crash. Like, I, I couldn't... I, it's so... Yeah.
3: Imagine working for, for FedEx, dude. That, oh my that part God. where he loses yeah. the
0: ball, dude. That's the oh, worst my God. Part. You guys think he fucked that ball? Sure it was inflated oh. i would have fucked the ball no you rub your you'd rub your bone up against no, you, it but you I, yeah. I mean there was a hole, hole in, in the it sand. yeah there was no to sand. the ball. fucking sand nobody
2: the ball and you made a no way imagine too
0: sandy oh it gets in the tip it gets in the see tip. that's It'll why, why we cut off there. our foreskin so we can fuck sand easier <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: i'm saying a coconut
3: <laughs> mac back in those days
1: or Yeah, abraham was like oh
0: all of this sand is getting into my schmuck Yes. See, that's how it went down. I'm saying take in a coconut, Bible.
3: mash up all the coconut meat so it's like a jelly, oh and yeah. then stop talking on the radio. You're a sexual <laughs> <laughs> So
2: You just have to get a young coconut. You know, when they're all like soft and supple on the inside. Would
3: well, you know cool. seen any other movie? I just bake a you pie. You guys ever seen Remember the Titans? Yeah. Dude, they say the C word in that. That's crazy.
0: What Pam's joke? Yeah,
2: you can say you can say cunt. It's okay.
3: No, the other the, like a, like a like a raccoon. The blacks oh. were yeah. I'm not even gonna say it on the air. No, yeah. I'm well, the they had liberal. to show
0: ra- the movie's about racism. If they didn't have any racist terms, it wouldn't really like. Wouldn't be that good of True. a betrayal. I forgot know? how racist it was. I get it confused oh, with yeah. Rudy, and then I'm like, "This is the no, racist one." No, yeah, this is it's it's Rudy about segregation. Rudy, Rudy was is segregation. about racism. The Irish
1: yeah. have been subjugated for a long
0: time. Oh God. Oh, I don't want to say it to the oh, level of African Irish Americans, love. Love. It's it's but yeah, Irish that love this. Irish love this.
2: about tiny guy it's yes. Yeah, it's sizes.
0: Not even sizes. Like you just can't play on the Notre Dame football team. That's not even sizes. That's like. You're just probably not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. He wasn't. Yeah. I don't want to hate on Rudy. He was. I mean, he was you better he than went me on in to, like, football. No, sell I cars. Mean, well,
2: that's the problem. Is you know, probably. give all, give everybody a participation trophy and don't. If you don't give them any oh, critique so that no, go. but if you don't give people any critique and then they you tell them that they did great and they didn't do oh, great, then they think that their mediocre lame effort was good because you fucking told them it was good. You have to tell people when what they do isn't good enough. And that happens in the world. True. What you're, you try hard and well. sometimes you try your best and it's just not good enough. There's lots of songs about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you write a paper, sometimes you didn't get the point across because you they're were high. you are so or young and cute. Doesn't I don't want make them sad. No, you have to make them sad because Time otherwise, they like like em. otherwise like you give them cognitive dissonance yeah. and they think they're good and they're not. It's like telling a tone deaf person that they're great at singing and then they go out. Try out for something And everybody laughs at them And they're like But I thought I was yeah, the best Yeah but you best. gotta be
0: super like You gotta be halfway on the spectrum To like really believe That you're good at something That you're just playing No,
4: no. There are, I, you, I agree with time not and place you stand up comedy
0: Yeah have no you okay not Yeah you're right, you're right You're right You're right hundreds okay.
2: of people On the stand up comedy scene Who have no aptitude for this At all
5: Music's And they keep worse. trying trying yeah, and trying
2: and it's good that they're so trying, but some bad. people don't ever get it. And then eventually they disappear because it's like, Dude. really, could you spend your time doing something else and stop taking my stage time? You but maybe I'm the one with the cognitive dissonance. Who knows?
3: You never get negative feedback. Yeah, probably. Um, because it's fucking, it's, it's it's mean to do it. It's time and place, you know. When's the right time right to be like, like I, don't I don't really <laughs> like this. If anybody gives you feedback, it's usually like, oh, it's so great. I think it's more common with musicians. If you go on, I know you're not on Instagram, but you see these fucking every paid promotion. Like every other two posts is some fucking shit shitty pop rocker who has like regular default fonts on his album cover doing uh, like paying five hundred dollars to advertise a post because their stuff is bad you know i think that there there is there needs to be a time and place to tell someone that like maybe this isn't for you how do you turn around after you've committed yeah, your entire but life it's the, to the something thing is too. like
0: nobody re- like even dicks don't want to be that g- i mean there are a lot of people that do want to be that guy but normal people like you have to you have to fucking pay me to go up to somebody and be like, hey, fella, you are you know the thing you've been dreaming about that, like, all you do is think about? it happened. And so you're garbage w- at it. And everybody thinks so. And it everybody talks right. about it behind your back, but they're just too nice to say it. Like you're, that'd be you're There's a time and a place in a
2: context. And so I used to teach school, and in that medium, if someone fucks up, you tell them. But the problem is you tell a kid they didn't do good enough, and you give them a C-. And then their parent comes to you and goes – Now, why did they get a C minus? Because they did this and this. And I'm like, it's not good enough. Do you want to see the rubric? Do you want to, like, grade their papers? But everybody wants to think that their child is perfect. And everyone who writes, uh, the problem is that once you start teaching people that their effort, that their minimal effort is good enough, it fucks everything up. Because then they don't ever try hard. They're just lazy pieces of shit. And then we wonder why the world's falling apart and no one wants to do anything. Because no one wants to do anything. They just want to sit around and play fucking GTA all day. Or fucking masturbate and think that they're the best.
1: Pam, you made Retweet. your third graders write a paper on Adam Smith, okay? <laughs> no. It Maybe wasn't. it was the It was
2: George Orwell, okay? <laughs> i got to teach the kids about oh the Hystopian my god! You're
0: young. Three, third Alga grade Huss. George Orwell? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no.
2: I'm kidding. No, I taught, I had 1984, I taught when they were sophomores.
0: Oh, okay. I only
2: taught junior high and high school. I never taught kids. Dude,
0: 1984 is something that should be taught. We didn't, that's yeah, something that got planned on the book list, All I think. Though. Right? Really? No. Yeah, I, I, we New got
3: World 1984 is is and Brave New World, yeah, which is like the should. same fucking book.
2: Well, kind of. I, they are, but they're, they're both dystopian. Features. My school but was teaching they should be a part of the 1984 They're totally different because 1984 is Big Brother on the outside looking at you. Yeah. Big Brother. Okay, so 1984 is about using fear to mold people <laughs> and brave new world is about using society and drugs and all of that and happiness to mold people because like brave Spark new Knows world is all like everybody much. do yeah, drugs yeah, and be yeah. totally numb to everything and go to the feelies and have no connection with anybody and have all of this yeah. whatever you want whenever yes. you get it and more yeah. Th- yeah. um let more stitches less riches have money buy things him. consume 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 centrifugal bumble puppy more 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 whereas Whoa. fucking i'm sorry i've taught the book so i know <laughs> centrifugal. Right.
5: She's no right, centrifugal I
2: mean, bumble puppy is a it. game that they play in Brave New World because they have to buy more equipment. And so they make the really dumb people who they make dumb with the um, when they, you know, um eat pills. They make babies. They they, they call it decanting when they decant babies because there's no more birthing. They make them dumb. They make them epsilons and deltas and they make them wear different colors. But if you're a beta, you're just like a sexy girl and if you're an alpha, you're a smart guy. Like it's this thing that they do and then you get all the stuff. But with centrifugal bumble puppy, you have to buy all of this stuff. So they make the people that love to work, they make them go out and do – Anyways, it's social conditioning in a it. dystopian futurescape, except that one side does it with fear, and the other side does it with, like, stuff and consumerism and blindness and pretend naivete. Yeah, who reads anyway? And drugs and all that. So it's like <laughs> – nerds. Tha- that's why they teach it. those books together, so that you can see – yeah. Anyway,
3: I mean I but Spark SparkNotes didn't say that for me, you know. All I I, I read it like very skinny It's like a very is the same kind of dystopian same English t- tilt on it too from two English white guys around the same time. Englishman. I didn't I didn't understand the the nuance You should read it again. I I, those know. are
2: two of my favorite books. I like reread them every year with a bunch of other books.
3: Some of the stuff the an anthem they gave us anthem in school once and that was fire. And Rand? Oh.
2: Fire. So I've only I haven't read that by Harry. But I do love The Fountainhead, and I do love the other one that I read, Atlas Shrugged, or something. Those
3: are the long ones. Holy shit!
2: I I read a lot. Yeah.
3: You read Infinite Jest?
2: No, because it's I no. You're not a I white dude. That guy. You're not
3: a straight dude. Oh, Who wrote no, Infinite Jest? No, he's a good guy. He's dead
2: now. He killed himself. Oh. He's they a good guy. They he's a all guy. killed themselves. Yeah, he committed oh, suicide. Yeah, a
3: while ago. Did he said he was going to do. Yes, he did. Craft well,
1: he icons, wrote a especially big long in book. I couldn't get into it. I didn't That's get it. I didn't like get
2: that it. book. It's an emo boy book. Uh, people have told me like you should read that. Th- all the emo boys, you should read this book. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I read and fucking well fantasy. No, every the emo the boy's
3: read Infinite Jest. I've read every book except Infinite Jest of Dave Walls. And that one, that shorter collection short stories, the uh, supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. That's also not one of his great. He was played by Jason Segel in fucking End of the Tour with Jesse Eisenberg. Have you seen that movie? It's a end very tour? oh movie. oh end yeah the yeah, tour. yeah 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 I have seen yeah that movie. that's on one that's, that's David Foster that's Wallace yeah, okay closing amazing.
2: closing thoughts quick 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 end that's of the, the tour amazing.
3: with David Foster Wallace is an amazing movie where the sidewalk ends oh is that Shell Silverstein yeah uh, I I remember reading that as was he a pedophile
0: no okay that's
3: good. that you're thinking of uh, some ca- crit Carol
2: when you hear the trippy music. You know what time it is. I'm so excited. Today is a little bit different. I am pre-recording some Call Me Tim because I have the most exciting interview that I've ever had on Some Call Me Tim. Well, today on Some Call Me Tim, I actually have Wania the bow of season six alone. How did that happen? Oh, things happen on Netflix and then get into them. And then, oh, you get on Facebook and they're real people. She's a real person. She answered her fan mail because I am a super fan. It's hard for me to express. I don't want to tell her this stuff because it's weird, but she'll hear it on the thing later. I'm, I used to be a reality TV junkie before I started living like an authentic life that I wanted to live and spent my time the way I thought it should be spent to like make the universe and my universe and the whole situation better. I spent a lot of time watching screens and being really into reality TV. And in my late twenties, early thirties, I would say that it was my main goal in my life to be on a reality TV show. Now I look back at that and I think like, oh, maybe my reasons were a little more vapid or, but this alone show is no joke. If you haven't checked it out on Netflix yet, season six, wow, like it's people surviving, surthriving, as what will put it on her uh, alone They have cameras, their own cameras. Nobody's filming them. They're filming themselves and they're surviving and they're making their own water or food, finding it, building a shelter. It's like crazy, but great, not pejoratively crazy. Like, wow, like superhero stuff. Living the way I would pretend as a child, like in my backyard, like, oh, look what I'm doing. But they're really out there. 73 days. She was out there for 73 days. And I'm watching the show and I'm crying and I'm crying. And there's all these amazing moments. She's dancing with the sun and she's squirrels, thanking the squirrels and being so grateful to everything she ate and just like, and I'm crying. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And she's a woman. There were so many women out there. And I was so impressed because I just, when it started, I was like, oh, three women and she's a feminist superhero. And I can't wait to ask her so many questions. She's calling like right now, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen like right now. Okay, I'm like, I did this, I started it a little bit early before she called because I was trying to like center myself so I wouldn't fangirl out on like the explanation of Alone before I started for those of you who haven't seen the show. It's not like regular reality TV. Let's put it that way. I mean, it is in that they edited things heavily and I want to ask Winia quite a bit about what they left out. And I watched, she has a YouTube channel on Buckskin Revolution where you can watch the Alone series and listen to her as she unpacks each episode um, and says like the things that she could say and couldn't say. Because I guess they had a, a DNR or something about the show. I guess reality TV shows do that. You can't release anything before it happens on the TV. But. Uh, she has her Buckskin Revolution channel that you should check out on YouTube, where she also teaches life school. There she is! There she is! Okay. 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 Here she is. Okay. Oop. Oh, see, I already made a mistake. Hi, Wania.
6: <sighs>
2: Hi Sam. how are you? I, I already fangirled out a little bit to the audience before you called to like <laughs> calm myself down and sort of like uh-huh. explain what alone is for maybe some of the people that hadn't seen it. But you're more than alone. Uh-huh. That's the thing too. I didn't want to just like talk about alone today. Hi! Okay, okay. I'm calm. I'm together. <laughs> you're so cool. I'm just like over the oh, moon to thank like
6: you. Oh, I mean, you didn't even have snare wire, and you caught rabbits? Okay. I know. I actually got a snarky comment on my YouTube channel today about how bad I did and how they couldn't believe I couldn't catch fish in a lake that was teeming with fish and how bad my trapping was. And it's so funny what people think they know about a thing. Like, they didn't really advertise that I don't have snare wire, so most people have no idea that that was one of the challenges that was going on. You had no fish. Well, that's, and they mentioned that at
2: some point, that each place that they dropped people, each campsite is the wrong word, each place in the wilderness where you had the opportunity to live, they were all different. And so some had fish and some had, you had uh, squirrels and rabbits and berries. Not everybody had berries, right? Like,
6: I had less berries than most people, I think, actually, because I didn't have much in the way of blueberries. I mean, every site was different, for sure. Yeah, but it wasn't really true that, like, they all had equal resources. Mm. They tried to give them the best, you know, they tried to make it the best swath and distribute the sites as well as possible. Some sites had way more resources than others, for sure.
2: Yeah, well, which would you but have... That's the, left
6: of the job. that's the real world. Right? <laughs> it's Wait, not Disneyland. it's the world.
2: Which which uh, which which site would you have wanted to be on? Watching it after, would you have said, Oh, if I would have been there? Did you have even that thought of like, Oh, if I would have been in that no. spot?
6: I mean, to the thought that had I been in a spot with more resources, mm. I could have done better and stayed longer. But I was in love with the place that I was and when you're out there, you don't you have absolutely no idea right. what what other sites are like and what other people have access to. And there's really no point thinking about what you don't have because that doesn't get you
2: anymore. Right. Well, but isn't that what, you can do with what you've got. That's a mindset I think that we have in our real lives here all the time is that when we focus on the things that we that someone else has or that we don't have, and then it creates like suffering and misery that doesn't even need to be there. It's like what we can exactly appreciate our own Okay, so first, I have questions not about along. Where does your name, where does Wania come from? What is the derivation of your super cool name?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. So the the story of it is um, one that is interesting and not necessarily super cool. Um, So when I was a teenager, um, when I was uh, 19, I went and I did a summer course. There was a backpacking field study. So it was eight weeks backpacking in the mounds of Idaho, which was amazing. And one of the traditions of the course was that everyone take a, a trail name during that time, um, just to kind of set it aside as a thing separate from your normal life. And so I did that and I was really interested in ancestral skills and starting to learn more of these life ways that are the things that I'm into now. And I found a book of Lakota stories and, um, well, Mia was a name. I wanted something that sounded beautiful and had a beautiful meaning and was something that I really identified with. And, um, and so where well, Mia is a really powerful word that means, um, like the life spirit when it's not incorporated in a body, it means uh-huh. the breath of life. And uh-huh. so I took that on as my trail name. And after, after going by it for so long, and it was a very, very transformative summer, um, I decided to keep that as my name, and so the, the not pretty part of it is that that's totally cultural appropriation, oh. and I, you know, I was a young woman, and I didn't really have that lens, and I didn't understand, you know, I had no concept of that or why it might not be a great choice, so um, so that's where Wonia comes from, is from a young woman who just named herself herself. A, a word from another tradition that wasn't her own. and I do think it's beautiful, and I do really identify with it, and it's not a choice that I would make today. but I've gone by that longer than I went by the name I was given. And also, I feel like it's a way to introduce it's that keeping that name um, brings up the conversation yeah. and allows me to talk about the concept of cultural appropriation and just like changing it back would be like uh, letting myself off the hook and pretending that I didn't make an inappropriate choice when I didn't know any better and it gives me this kind of like this way of addressing such issues from a place of humility as someone who gets it because they've done that Yeah. so um yeah so it's a great question and it's not you know um yeah it's not always an easy subject for me to talk about because of that reason
2: do you do you feel like you've earned the name now that you have embodied all these ancestral skills almost like you could call yourself a a, bunny or a rabbit name at this point because you ate so many <laughs> like you you even said on that there was one of the things they actually showed that you're like I'm part rabbit now <laughs> like I'm or that all yeah, of your cells absolutely. were so do you feel like through the time that you've spent being like because you have integrity with these skills that you're that you've embodied and then you're, you're living and you're teaching does that remove or do you still feel but some just- of that
6: no, I don't I don't think that there's any earning a thing that is, you know, something that I took without permission, uh, you know? So, I mean, wow. I think that it's not an inappropriate name if you look at it in that way, but if you look at it through the lens of cultural appropriation, yeah. I don't think that, you know, that there is anything that just changes. I mean, sure, I think that someone who didn't have a relationship with the skills and wasn't aware of these concepts, maybe it would be a less appropriate thing for, or it would be more harmful for someone else. But I don't feel like that makes it just okay. You know, not unless I had, you know, and I I have spoken to Lakota people about this too. So it's not completely without relationship to Lakota people. um, But you know, yeah, that's the issues of people who are all going to have really different opinions about it. So, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not for imp- me to say whether or not I earned it. I guess is the is the bottom line.
2: It's an appropriate. It's an important conversation. Like, cause since we're in this crazy time of, uh, I mean, what's happening with our world right now? There's so, but to even just to recognize a situation, it's like for me in white guilt. Like, I have to constantly come up against it and say, Yeah, I'm. Oh, did
6: I lose you? I lost you. back I know sorry about that no hey it's all good cell phone here so and you're out you're up there in the
2: mountains in grass valley okay so here's my next question how are you friends with a giant cat the
6: the profile shot yeah the The, picture of the you're looking at that you're looking Mm -hmm. into the
2: eyes of this enormous cat I'm a cat person I'm a crazy cat lady like Mm -hmm. I love cats and I saw that picture I'm like how are you friends with a giant cat
6: I mean, that's actually a pretty small bobcat as they go, um, <laughs> large large compared to house cats, but that was a cat that had been hit on the road, Oh. Um, so that cat was no longer alive. Oh, really? I thought you were looking deeply yeah. into the eyes of a cat.
2: See, look at me. I completely misinterpreted the picture.
6: You were. I mean, I was doing that. Yeah. yeah. That, that's all still true. So... And and so
2: for me, when I was watching you, I was so affected and I kept like kind of putting myself where you were. It was so, oh, it was so incredible because you're filming yourself and it's like so intimate because it was almost like I was with you. And that's got to be weird for you. And I'm wondering how like that affected you with the camera and the intimacy. But also when I was watching you, I kept thinking I could never – and you, there were times where you'd pick up an animal and look at it and be like, thank you, thank you, thank you for feeding me. And and you had to be, like, intimate with that animal and pull off its skin and do all that stuff. Is that – I mean, how do you do that? I, I, I Maybe I'm just so removed from <laughs> survival and life that, like, I just couldn't imagine – I mean, I was watching you do it and that was hard for me. Like when I saw Jordan with the Wolverine and I saw his little face and his teeth and I was like, I'm making myself watch this. But like, how did, was that interacting with you with, were you just so grateful for the food that it wasn't, or that's just not freaky for you?
6: It's just not freaky for me. That's been a part of my life for a really long time. You know, I've raised my own meat animals. um, You know, and I was vegetarian and vegan at one point. So I was, like, very anti-hunting and PETA and vegetarian in high school. Um, But once I started being introduced to ancestral skills, and, you know, I went right from being vegan to processing and eating roadkill. Wow. um, And I'm, you know, I have a science background and a deep connection with animals and it's never, it has never felt like a juxtaposition to me Mm. to love and feel connected to a wild creature and to, you know, skin it and break down its body for food and eat it. That is the most natural thing in the world to me. And to me, the barriers that our society puts up and the the removal from our food source, that's what feels weird and wrong to me. Um, So yeah, it certainly was not an issue for me out there and nor in my life in
2: general. See, I, um, I I cook. One of the things I do for a living is I, I I cook. I have no problem if an animal has no head. Like I can I've processed so many <laughs> birds. I've deboned so many birds in my time like it's, but if they have a head I can't do it. And And I think maybe it must be something to do with the way I was raised and I was so far removed. Even when I am working with a food source, I'm still removed from it even when it's whole. So right. Uh, talk a little bit about Buckskin Revolution and what you're doing to try to create that connection again with people and the way we should, I don't want to say should be living our lives. That's weird. But the way we did for thousands of years, and then it's just this little tiny little bit here at the end where we're so removed from it.
6: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean you've kind of you've hit the nail on the head there that my work with Buckskin Revolution is to kind of um, invite people back into that place of connection not just with the world around them um, but with our own selves with our human communities and with with our ancestry as humans and what it is that we evolved to do and absolutely the bodies that we live in evolved over the course of hundreds of thousands of years millions of years to to allow us to engage deeply with the world around us and it's only been a few hundred years that that's completely shifted to where we no longer need a lot of these senses that we evolved with and i think that you know, the malaise that we see in our modern society and so many people who are unsatisfied and, you know, dealing with depression and feel like there's something missing from their lives, I believe that that is because we are living lives that are so different from what we evolved to do. And that does, you know, that does leave a feeling of something missing. You know, we have all of these amazing sensory perceptions that are about engaging with the world around us. And instead we engage with screams, yeah. you know, 12 inches from our faces and we fill our senses with noises. And, you know, like right now there's a helicopter overhead and I can hear the highway and, you know, my ears evolved to the frequency of bird songs oh. and knowing what's going on in the forest around me through paying attention to what the birds are doing. And, um, yeah, I think that the degree to which we engage those skills, those senses, those parts of our body, you know, just our hands in, in fashioning things that we need for our lives, there's something deeply fulfilling about that, you know, on a level that we don't even really know how to verbalize. Um, Crafting, well, that, it's that's making... That's what I'm trying to share.
2: When, when humans, I mean, we as humans, all we really have is the ability to create things, right? Either thought or stuff, and I feel like... Uh, and watching you craft, it's, uh, that was the thing. Okay, so at the beginning of the show, they don't show you for, like, two weeks. And I get it. It's a reality right. TV show, and they had to show the people that were going to break their leg and get kicked off. And they had to show their stories a little <laughs> bit because they were leaving, and you were going to be there forever. But all those things that we didn't get to see, like, you were just sitting on the ground weaving baskets for two weeks? Or, like, what was – because you were cra- – I mean, obviously, you were doing things. You were.
6: There's a lot going on in those first couple weeks. Yeah.
2: So it was all like um, building your amazing shelter, which was like the best shelter. I was like, I want to live there. That's, <laughs> it was, it looked warm and snug and like a real little house, but you were like mm-hmm. literally crafting all the time. Yeah. I mean, when you weren't looking uh, for well, There's all kinds
6: or- of things. I mean, it's, it's hard to sum up. It was a huge time, you know, I mean, it starts off with the most important thing that you can be doing is, yeah, getting your shelter set and then starting to to key into your environment and where the food sources are and strategizing how you're going to avail yourself of those. So that, that was what, you know, my first couple days were scouting my site and deciding where to set up my shelter and um, being sure that I was in the best possible location and then starting to build. And, you know, we, we had snow on day three. Oh. So it was full on from the very beginning. And so I was constantly in this place of trying to balance food resources and shelter. And, you know, when I woke up covered in snow, obviously that's going to nudge me to prioritize shelter, um, for that day. Um, but always trying to hold both of those things. And, um, certainly the first few days were more focused on shelter for me because I knew that my body still had a lot of calories in it because we had been gorging up until we left. So I knew that my system had as much energy, you know, at the very beginning as I was likely to have, um, and so I wanted to really focus on shelter at first while I knew I still had those, those you know, glycogen stores in my liver. Um, wow. <laughs> and um, but by day four, I started hitting fishing really hard. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, um, doing, you know, doing a lot more focus on fishing until it became increasingly clear that I was not in a location that had fish. Right. Um, you just had very, very shallow water.
2: That must have been so frustrating that you crafted all those lures and you were out there and just sitting for hours. I mean, were you listening to the birds? Like,
6: (laughs) did you? You just. I mean, I was doing it. No, (laughs) I was constantly, constantly active, doing everything I possibly could to improve my situation every daylight hour and well into the night by headlamp. There was no downtime and listening. (sighs) Birds. okay Um, (laughs) but like like something that that i was doing as i was doing everything else you know like part of my awareness would be there but um but no constantly you know bringing in firewood working on the shelter you know strategizing new ways to to try to make fishing happening finding you know scouting the landscape and seeing whether there were any other better places for fishing going you know making a moose call and going into the woods and calling moose i mean i was i was Splitting my strategy between fishing and breeding in moose. but And, you know, you were asking, like, what were the resources that I had? My site was very resource scarce compared to a lot of the other sites. I didn't have big game. You know, I was hoping for problems with bears because I had a bow, (laughs) 45-pound bow and broadheads, and I would have been thrilled to have bears sniffing around my camp. And that happened with a lot of other people. But that's not, you know, I was on a narrow rocky peninsula with no fish and no big game and really actually very scarce small game because it was, you know, mostly bare rock. Right. Um, So in terms of, you asked earlier, in terms of resources, somewhere like Jordan's area where he had fish and big game and a ton of small game. I mean, he was in an area that had been burned a couple years before, which means there's a ton of vegetation regrowth. It's one of the most abundant sites that, you know, that you can possibly have. Um, And mine, in contrast, was a bare rocky peninsula surrounded by shallow water.
2: Right. With where you got to. Now, here's another question I have. Uh, What's your dance background? And I was so bummed that they only showed you once (laughs) with your because I I watched all of your YouTubes after and you're like, I was dancing every night. I had a dance party until the last week. And um, not every
6: night, once a week, once a week.
2: week. Oh, Okay. But you sang the sun up every morning.
6: I I sang the sun down every evening, sang the sun down. Um, yeah but these were rituals you know, i sang the sun up a lot of mornings but not every morning because okay. mornings were a lot more challenging frankly what was it just it was <laughs> so, so cold all the more reason.
2: was it getting out of bed was just yeah so it difficult. was cold yeah, it yeah. Was cold. i mean <laughs> as
6: time went on things just you know like starving for weeks on end um, and really really cold temperatures and not sleeping well because generally when one is um, really undernourished and in ketosis it tends to affect your sleep patterns um, so, so yeah, but getting out of a sleeping bag into minus twenty degrees oh. and you haven't had anything to eat for weeks is challenging. Yeah. So, I'm, and my voice is a little more croaky in the morning. So,
5: wow. <laughs> so my singing, right, singing practice is more sure.
6: consistent in the evenings than in the morning.
2: And but these were rituals. So this is kind of goes back to the ancestral thing. So you were creating rituals for yourself out there, and is that what? Like helped keep you grounded, and then like what, what would, what did you find? Cause I also, you also made ancestral plates. Like you said that when you were cooking your food, you were like, how did? I don't want to like say like how did that witchy stuff help you, but I, I mean I'm into it too. So, but you were you were performing all of these rituals. How did that like bolster your attitude and your how you were spending out there? Because I didn't see anybody else like doing rituals like that.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that um, I think that ritual has a certain connotation, which isn't necessarily how I would describe it. I mean, I think that it has a lot of connotations, some that fit and some that don't. But I would say, yeah, I mean, definitely, I wove into my life a lot of practices that reminded me to be coming from a place of gratitude and connection. Um, I just you know, like I've I've posted videos about making blood pudding and have some people say that I'm like doing satanic practices or something. So I'm leery around the term ritual Sure, sure, because sure, people sure. Take that and sure. run with it, all kinds of weird places. Um
2: Right, so well you're anyway. like a celebrity yeah, now, I've... so you you have to you do have to watch what <laughs> no, seriously, because words of people uh, that's I'm not sure the
6: word I would use necessarily, uh, but millions. I have
2: a higher profile than I used to. Millions of people have seen you like and all of the skills that I mean do you feel like this was the this is what you've been working your whole life for like all of your skills came to fruition for this time that you were able to survive not
6: just for that time for for similar things for all time it definitely felt like a fruition of a lot of things but I don't like to think of it as like an end goal because then what what do you have after an end goal (laughs) right Sure. so yes it, it was definitely a culmination of um of things that have been a huge part of my life for decades, um, yeah. But I hope that it's not the last time oh, no. that I get to use all of those skills. But...
2: <laughs> I'm sure you're using the skills right now. um So back, I didn't a dance background. So were you a dancer as a child?
6: Because you, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I am someone who. Lo- I mean, I guess yes. I got dragged to ballet at four, and you know, did somersaults in tutus and such. But that's the. <laughs> that's the sum total of my dance background i mean i'm i'm someone who loves dancing and it's taken you know i have taken different dance classes but um mostly just three form, um you know like five rhythms and ecstatic dance and that kind of thing um i wouldn't say it's a background but just something that's a part of who i am and something that i really love
2: rad i just uh yay um okay so i have all of these questions about cameras did they train okay so Mm -hmm. it was a crazy show to watch because it was beautifully shot and i know that some of it was be real and like they are a show and they Mm -hmm. they're doing what they do but the majority of the stuff
6: over sites with drones occasionally and that kind of thing so they do you know bolster what we do but you are your
2: own camera person which i don't it took me a while to realize that i'm like so do the camera crew i kept thinking like the camera crew gets lunch like while they're starving that's inhumane that's terrible but then i realized like wait 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 no no
6: there's no camera there's no one there right no it's actually literally i mean the show is called alone for a reason yeah it's it's (laughs) quite literal
2: yeah i just didn't believe it at the beginning and then i'm like okay this is real so did they teach you how to use camera or did they tell you like what shots they wanted you to do or where okay
6: yeah no absolutely that's a big part of the prep before going out is um is yeah the the camera training and that happens also in their selection process um you know when they 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 had for my season I think they had 20,000 applicants on a loan um and then and and I didn't apply they they called me um and so you know I kind of got a got a leg up in that whole process but um but then they narrow those 20,000 down to 20 in my case 22 people and then they bring us out to New York for a week do a bunch of different assessments, um, skills assessments, you know, physical tests, psychological tests, and in that, they do a bunch of camera training, and then they're also, um, I think they're also really paying attention to see who cares to dive into the camera training, and who's actually really um, prioritizing learning the camera skills, because you can have all of the survival skills in the world, but if you're not that interested in shooting well, then they don't have a show, you know, so... Very important that um that they select people who care to do a good job with a camera training, which you know, I did. Yeah. Um, I mean so... it was beautiful.
2: It was beautifully yeah. shot. And even
6: like when you're
2: I guess kept thinking like, how much time are you spending with the camera? Because the sun is going down and you're chipping through this ice and it's eighteen inches thick and you didn't have the axe. You had your cool thing that you chop the trees down with and and you're just going and going and going. And I was like, how much time did the camera take to sit up? And then you have to take it home and well, all these and that, other, like... Yeah,
6: and that's, that's a huge component. And honestly, you know, I would do it differently now than I did then. I was very, very invested. I mean, really the reason why, and there were a lot of different reasons why I decided to do alone. But a big part of it for me wasn't, you know, it wasn't about the competition. It would have been great to win on some level, sure. And there were some levels where I didn't actually think that winning would be the thing um but one of my main goals was to demonstrate a different way of approaching survival than what one usually sees on these shows and you know it usually tends to be about like competition and coming from this very antagonistic place with the natural world and like Mm. you know it's me versus nature and you know even one of the shows is called man versus wild you know and that is the polar opposite to my perspective and how i wanted to be out there so for me it was the opportunity to share my perspective with the world stage, and knowing that the you know the better I did, the more I the more I proved that going about things from a place of connection and reciprocity rather than domination and you know competition is a viable strategy. Is a viable strategy for survival. So um, because that was such a goal of mine, I really took a lot of time with the filming, and that was a huge part. I would say. Half of my daylight hours and, you know, calories and time and energy went to getting really good shots. it It would affect what I did. You know, I would choose to do things like I would process my animals during the day, during the daylight hours, so I could get really good footage of it. When for me, practically speaking, it would be way better for me to leave that animal in my shelter and do it at night because there are tons of things I can be doing out on the land when the sun is out that I can't do in the dark. And the sun was only out for Four hours a day. By the time I left, so every daylight hour was so huge, and yet I sacrificed a lot of them to get the good camera angles and to set up the good shots and do the good filming. And then it was so disappointing to watch the show and see that like way less than one percent of the things oh. I filmed made it onto the show. And I could have done so. I, I could probably have had twice as much food if I had had twice as much time. Oh. Well, honestly, I'm not sure that that's true because my spot was so resource scarce, but. You know, I could have done much better in terms of the survival aspect had I not put so much energy towards filming really well. Um, So, you know, I don't want to say that anything is a regret because it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. And had I shifted some things then maybe other things that I can't know now would have shifted and that would have been a bummer. But I would do it differently in terms of so much time and attention towards filming well if I was to do it again.
2: How many hours a day did they ask you to film? because we
6: were we were asked to film absolutely everything we did wow basically. so what did they give you batteries every time they really require that so we had we had a way to recharge our own batteries we had a big like essentially like a big car battery uh-huh. um, that we could recharge some of the batteries ourselves but then they would also give us a ton of batteries when they came to do medical Med checks, checks. That's and what then also early on when they weren't doing medical checks and when the lake wasn't frozen they would um, they would do what they called blind drops or we would have a dry bag and we would leave our dead batteries and our SD cards with our footage on the shore in a dry bag. And they would come by with a boat and grab that bag and replace it with a bunch of fresh batteries. So and, we, but they wouldn't you know, talk to They never to wanted it. us to be without batteries.
2: Of course. No, no, like... no
6: we, we didn't even see the boat. We weren't supposed to be anywhere near shore when they did that. They would let us know, okay, we're doing a blind drop today. Don't be anywhere on shore, you know, between this hour and this hour.
2: So did you look forward to med checks just because they were people like when they started happening or was it like, oh, med checks, I don't want to, I don't want to know or
6: no i didn't i didn't really look forward to them i felt like it really interrupted my routine i mean oh. one thing is that a day with a med check was kind of a lost day oh, in terms right. of food no gathering dealing. because they would give me a window when they, when they were coming but they didn't know when exactly so i couldn't be that far from my shelter and my trap lines were a good ways away from my shelter yeah. um and so it meant it meant losing a ton of time it meant like stripping i mean they weighed me i had to strip down in the freezing cold yeah. you know um and it just when you're so adjusted to being an Out there on your own like I wasn't lonely I was loving it I like really had this beautiful um, connection and solitude and um, you know having a helicopter land and a whole bunch of people come out and you know poke and prod you and ask you a bunch of questions it's very disruptive and it was a whole different energy and it took me a while after they left to kind of get back to my serenity after everything being so stirred up in this whole different type of interaction um so i know i did not look forward to the medical i mean i really had a deep connection with a lot of the people um who were coming with the film crew like i really appreciated them as people and so it's not like i didn't enjoy the interaction when they were there but it was still so disruptive that i would rather have not had it and towards the end you know i was having medical checks a lot more often because i was dangerously underweight and i knew they were very very concerned about me so i had the fear of being pulled up you know all the time um, right. i got my first warning that i was on medical alert on day 40 whoa so 33 more days i was out there wondering when i was going to get pulled and having medical checks way too often that were very disruptive and actually really um affected my ability to bring in food a lot. So it's like, you're underweight, so we're going to check you more often. And it's like, well, the more that you check me, the more underweight I'm going to get because that's the whole day that I lose a lot of my trapping capacity.
2: Uh, How far, you said your traps were a ways away, like a mile? I'm just trying to think calorie-wise. No, no. No, not Uh, that
6: far. I mean, uh, it changed all the time. You know, I had different trap lines set up. I was constantly, I mean, every day I was checking and resetting because I had fishing line and not snare wire fishing line rabbits can chew through in, you know, half a second. So I was constantly, constantly having to take down and reset up other snares. And, you know, the rabbits would be onto me if I had set up a bunch that they had just nipped off in one area, they would stop using that area. So I had to constantly be exploiting other areas. And, you know, so there was no set trap line that was there all the time. It was, you know, constant strategizing and shifting up what I was doing. How many? Sometimes, I don't know, probably as far as half a mile. Okay. But not not a whole mile away. And, you know, I my territory, you don't know how big your zone is. You know, you're not, They you have boundaries you're not allowed to cross. But it's not like they're marked, you know, this is way out in the wilderness. So the way that I would know is if I got a little blip on my gps device what
2: um and then let's talk about the beavers oh oh i saw the thing when you talked about the beavers i want to talk about the beavers so when everything finally freezes (laughs) up and you're like all right i'm gonna go get those beavers and you get over to the beavers can't get to dang beavers and then the frozen river and the beeping and the leaving that was crazy so Yeah. Did you, was was that the first time that you (laughs) felt, was that the first time you felt real fear or were there other moments where you were like, I could die right now. Was that the only moment that was at like the end of your journey? And you were like, whoa, that
6: was the only moment.
2: Really? You never felt any, like, Mm -hmm. that was a kind of fear that like, I can imagine it's like inside. You're like the pit of your being is like, oh,
6: whoa, we need to. well and the thing with that frozen river was yeah I mean that was like I never felt any threats from the outside like being on the river that was my own fault you know (sighs) that was that was my own poor choices right in that moment so I didn't really have anything so I felt fear but I also felt like shame at like wow that was a really stupid choice you just really put yourself in jeopardy um but that was the only moment no I really you know I I understand that It maybe should have been scary and um, that it would be for a lot of people, but I felt so seen and held and wanted by that place. I just really didn't feel like there was anything out there that wished me harm. And even, you know, I mean, I was out there on top of that frozen river because I'd been following wolf tracks um, across the ice and, you know, wolves are big predators, but I, you know, I didn't feel like I was in any danger, which is not true. You know, like something could have decided that I was an even, uh, you know, an easy meal. But even so, I mean, my deepest desire was to be a deep part of that landscape. And that is part of that is part of living wild and wild systems. And so in that way, I mean, I'm sure that had I been attacked by a wolf in the moment, it would have been very scary. But, you know, better to go out that way as part of a beautiful interaction in a wild place than to taken out in a car accident, sure. you know?
2: Did you have an so, arrow knocked?
6: So I wasn't... Did you have an
2: arrow knocked uh, when you were um, walking that out?
6: No, I didn't have an arrow knocked. I'm trying to remember if I even had my bow with wow. me. I probably did because I brought my bow everywhere. But no, I definitely didn't have an arrow knocked. Because you were I just walking and... having my bow with me on that trip.
2: You were just yeah, experiencing I mean, you the know, beauty uh, of the place. It's not that
6: common for wolves to take out people, and especially in an environment where they don't see people. It's not like we're on the menu it would be an unusual animal that's like what is this thing i've never seen before i guess i'll figure it out by eating it you know generally that's there would be a curiosity you know the place where you see problem animals is places where humans have been encroaching into wild places a lot and affecting wild animals ability to get game you know like bears attacking people that happens usually in like campgrounds and, such, yeah. and places where they're used to associating humans with food um so, yeah, I mean, which is not to say that, you know, that they mightn't be motivated that way, but it just wasn't, I didn't feel in my gut that I was in danger in those ways. Right. So, just
2: from yeah, the I had water. one moment,
6: when I was coming back, yeah, just from standing <laughs> on top of water, you know, of, of ice that was way thinner than it should have been to me, be standing on top of a frozen river, I just didn't realize, and for the, for the, you know listening audience right now what she's referring to is a night pretty far out I think it was night 70 maybe 69 or 70 Um, I I had hiked out across the ice I was way out of my bounds I didn't realize that because the GPS signals and satellite signals are um, really bad out there so the message telling me that I was way out of bounds didn't come until I was already far out Um, but it was kind of dusk I couldn't really you know the light was starting to go and I was in this area on this lake, which is this huge lake, um, where the ice was starting to be uh, not flat, but kind of bubbled, and I was curious about it, and I thought that it must have been, you know, vegetation or something, and I didn't realize until I was already pretty far out that the reason why it wasn't flat there is because it's actually a, a river, and so it was like the bubbling flow of the river that had frozen, and it was not very thick ice, and um, because that's what happens, ice that's on top of flowing water doesn't, doesn't freeze very quickly, so... A really dangerous, really sketchy place to be, and I just, you know, and that been it was so enthralled. It by was following these wolf tracks. The the dusk. Yeah, so you, they couldn't they have can't... come to help me. They couldn't have flown the helicopter. They, yeah, they wouldn't have. Not been that they could have gotten there. I mean, if I had gone through ice on top of a fast-moving frozen river, there would have been nothing they could do. I would have been <gasps> stuck under the ice anyway, and the helicopter would have been a non-issue. And <laughs> I knew that. You know, that's that was that's the. You know, I've done a lot of wilderness trips in my day, and I've never in my life had a button I could push for someone to come save me. So <laughs> th- th- that wasn't really part of my reality out there. Like, I knew that everything I was doing was a calculated risk, and that, you know, the chance of rescue was a pretty remote one. So that that didn't figure into my thinking out there. Wow. Um,
2: That's why you're so, a superhero. Yeah, you're fearless. Um, you're a fearless feminist <laughs> superhero. I'm
6: not fearless, but that those aren't the things that I'm most afraid of, I guess well wow. okay
2: so let's switch gears what are the top five most beautiful things you saw up there that you could there's probably got to be more than five mm. but that you sure. hadn't seen in any of your wilderness journeys that you were just so majestic that that they didn't show on the show I mean they showed a lot of the northern lights and I kept being like is that that's crazy
6: Those that wow um they are crazy. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, that area, Yellowknife, um, in the Northwest Territories, is um, a worldwide destination for Northern Lights tourism. I mean, the streets are awash with tourists um, to come there to watch the Northern Lights. So, yeah, all that footage was very real. Uh, so, yeah, the Northern Lights, definitely. And I'd seen Northern Lights before. Um, I'd lived in Northern Ontario for a brief time um, and seen some pretty spectacular Northern Lights there. But, yeah, that was... Those were really, really amazing. Um, the night that I was out on the ice, the night that they showed the footage of where I was trying to get through the ice and realizing that it, in the course of the couple days that I hadn't been out on the ice because there'd been a really intense storm, a really intense storm that drops the temperature about 20 degrees with just whipping winds. And that storm, the ice went from about four inches thick to about you know 18 to 24 inches thick. Um, so I had been able to get through the ice with the same technique I was using before that. And then all of a sudden there was no way, but that ice, that, that that night, that sunset was the most epically beautiful, awe inspiring evening of my entire life. And it was really frustrating to me that what they showed instead was me failing to get through the ice and they inserted bleach. I'm fairly certain I wasn't actually cussing, um, I don't know for sure. Maybe I was, but, they, but they made it look like a hardship and it was one of the most amazing nights in my life, such that like, I just fully surrendered after that and was like, if they pick me up tomorrow, I don't care because I got to have this night out on the ice. It was this experience where I was out there and the ice was completely scoured clean to just a mirror surface from this really intense storm we had had for days and days with heavy winds and, you know, like scouring the ice with snow and, yeah. um, And the sun was going down, and because the storm was just clearing, there were a lot of clouds, so the color was really intense. And the sky was just this amazing hot pink, orange, you know, beautiful colors. And then I'm standing on this ice that is so smooth that it's reflecting the sunset back at me. So it's like I'm standing in the middle of the sunset. You know, I'm completely surrounded by sunset colors everywhere. And then the night was just so gorgeous once I figured out that I couldn't get through that ice. I just decided to go further out onto the lake and just level in it. And I got further out into the ice in an area where the the pressure of the ice freezing so fast had cracked the surface of the lake. So there's all of these different pieces of ice that had all been kind of pushed up by the pressure of the cracking. And so they were all of these little pieces. They were all sitting at a different angle to the sky. So each one was catching a different color. Like Superman. and and reflecting that back at me, it was yeah, yeah, only sunset. Oh, like sunset. All of Superman ice colors. cave it was sunset time. So epically unbelievable. And then as I'm out there on the ice, the moon is rising oh. and it's like exactly half of a moon and exactly vertical. So that's rising up over the island as this amazing it was just the most amazing experience of my entire life. And you know Why I'm didn't they just show like that? Weeping must- with beauty. Do you get to keep the footage? Well, no, because they want to show the drama. No, no, you don't get it. You put footage. the footage. Well, honestly, I didn't bring the cameras oh. out there. <gasps> I mean, I did take footage. No, I did take footage of the moon rising, but when I went out to where there was the puzzle pieces, I left the camera set up by that hole, and I just wandered out by myself, which I wasn't really supposed to do. But it was, like, too epic and amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, you know, they could have showed. But there was a lot of footage of it. There just wasn't the footage of the, like, me on the puzzle piece. Part of the ice right. um but because that's not you know they're trying to build the drama and this is the last couple of days and so they're trying to pitch this like you know battle to the end between me and jordan and um you know so just the beauty and wonder um most of my most epic moments i took great footage of but they didn't show I they should give um, you i also that had a, a moment yeah yeah they don't they don't do that um it would jeopardize their show i think is there their perspective on it so yeah those were those were i mean i could go on there are a bunch of them but
2: um <laughs> oh, more beautiful moments no no <laughs> please mm-hmm. what, what are your other epic like things that were i mean because that's oh, there were
6: so many you can yeah, just pick a random one <laughs> um, the, the, the whole place yeah okay so so one moment that was really really profound early on um uh, i mean it, the whole thing was that like early on when we first launched it was you know, we had just been having our first intense frost. Um, So everything was changing. The leaves were all changing. So this super, super stark landscape, you know, a huge lake that's like a steel gray most of the time and mostly bare rock, you know, this really amazing granite and huge towering cliffs, you know, vertical cliffs. And the whole landscape is so enormous. You can't even begin to wrap your mind around it. So like this super stark landscape with these amazing, just flame colors of fall, you know? And I had this moment after being out there for, you know, going on a couple weeks and not bringing in any food besides just a couple handfuls of berries and recognizing that rather than feeling weaker and weaker, I'm feeling better and better. And there was just this moment where I realized that I was shifting on a physiological level to where I was learning to be fed by beauty instead of by food. And just that, like, that all hitting me in one moment, standing on this rocky precipice, looking out over this landscape, looking out over this lake, and recognizing that even though I'm starving and I don't know how long I can keep going on starving, like, there's no place in the world I would rather be or anything I would rather be doing in that moment. And just that epic beauty being so profound that it just brought tears to my eyes, you know? I just, like, there's no way to... Hold all of the emotion in my body, and it just came through in the form of tears. Um, and recognizing that, like I could, I could live on beauty now, and I could do that for a really long time, and had every intention of doing so. So that was a really profound moment. Um, I had a moment where I was at my cabin working on it, and heard and heard a big kerfuffle of birds. You know, like I, I was really keyed into birds out there. Um, and I knew their patterns and so I could tell that there was something unusual happening and, um, and going out to where I heard this and seeing this kind of a classic bird language moment, which was all of these birds in a shape that we call in bird language, a parabola mm-hmm. around the top of this tree and looking in the top of that tree and seeing a huge, um, predatory bird up there a a northern goshawk i believe it was which is specifically an avian predator they take out birds and so they're something that birds really react to so having that moment of like being keyed in enough to the landscape to think something's going on something big is happening and then going out there and finding the source of it and getting to see this amazing bird that i've never seen before in my life that was a really profound one um i had a really profound encounter with a fox um that was really beautiful um Yeah, I mean, seeing tracks, seeing wolverine tracks, you know, I've never seen wolverine tracks, seeing lynx tracks, that was amazing, wolf tracks, I mean, all of these wildlife encounters that were creatures that I haven't had the opportunity to live in the territory of before. So, and even though the lynx tracks and the wolverine tracks were like dogging my trap line and potentially major competitors for my food, it was still so amazing to see that, that it it felt worth it. And so you never,
2: Um, it sounds like you just didn't feel alone at all. (laughs)
6: like you were Mm. interacting how could i I was surrounded by
2: life yeah that it was it's like a completely different journey than other people took did the
6: camera help you apparently which i didn't realize until watching it yeah i had no idea how different my journey was to other journeys until i was watching the show and thinking oh my god i had the time of my life and these people are out here experiencing the exact same conditions in the exact same place and suffering so hard right that was a really profound realization for me just how I mean I knew what a big difference attitude made and and like we talked about you know like a lot of my preparations were strategizing routines for myself to help me stay in a place of connection and gratitude but it wasn't until watching other journeys you know other folks on my same season that I really got on a deeper level how profound a difference that
2: was. It must have it must have killed you to watch Jordan sit there and complain and be like, oh I'm starving with two hundred pounds of moose. Look at
6: this. I thought that was so funny, but it I didn't. mean my interpretation of it wasn't that he was complaining as much as that the show was choosing to ah. take those moments out of his footage okay. to make it seem like he and I were neck and neck. Right. Um so you know I have enough experience in knowing how many things I filmed and the things that they chose to show of my things in a way that misrepresented my journey, that I believe that that is what they were doing with, with him, too. Sure. Not misrepresented, but just, you know, picking and choosing to get a certain impression. Right, to um, get the story um, that I they wanted. That Jordan was nowhere near as poorly off. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, because they're, I mean, they are, it is a TV show, and they are creating a story. Did you, did the camera become, like, a friend to you? Did you... When you were ta- oh absolutely so it was like yeah. it's because it, it feels like you're talking to me when I'm watching we're talking to us mm-hmm. or you know the audience
6: yeah no I was very aware of that and you know and I don't know how different the sense of isolation would have been if I didn't have that relationship with the camera I mean and again so much of my intention was around showing something beautiful to the world that was a big part of my mission and so in that way I engaged with the audience perhaps more than other folks might have because I wanted to draw you in. I wanted, you know, I know that a lot of these shows, kind of what they do is like, look at this person and all their survivor skills, and they're, they're such a badass, and you know, and like put you on a pedestal. <laughs> pedestal. And that, that's not what I wanted. I wanted the viewers to identify with me and see themselves out there yeah. and doing the same thing and give them that experience. And so I engaged with the camera in that way. and And, you know, to me, the camera was an audience that I was talking to. And I think that that did a lot for my, you know, mental health out there because while I knew that obviously you weren't actually there and interacting with me and it wasn't in real time, I also knew that I was going to be sharing this. And so that kept me feeling like I was still part of human community as well as the wild community out there, even though yeah. it wasn't actually true at the time, um, And so, yeah, so the camera, you know, it was a mixed blessing. Obviously, it was where a lot of my time and energy went, and a lot of that felt wasted because they showed so little of my footage. But at the same time, the camera absolutely was a companion and um, kept me aware of the companionship of the whole world of humans that were out there and eventually going to be sharing this with me.
2: And you shared a lot of really personal stuff. I was um, specifically very connected to when you were talking about – the money versus not the money and what do you want to do and the self-care on those last days. And you were talking about what you would do with the money and that you've made relationships, you've made choices for your career and for your life that haven't included other things that you would consider like adopting. And all of that whole monologue section, I was just like, wow. I felt like, oh, same thing. The sacrificing of femininity to, to try to get ahead in a certain way and then you look back and you're in your 40s and it's like what did I do I don't have a kid anyway I don't know if that's (laughs) where you're coming but that's what I felt from it like and I felt that for me I was like oh god I'm 45 I'm 45 and look at my choices and I'm not gonna have a kid and wouldn't it be great to adopt but I don't have the money to do that and like how do you share with the world and feel like you have things to share and then there are choices that you made so those aren't the opportunities that you get and etc. So I felt like really connected to that. And then also when you're talking about your mom and all that stuff and your childhood, and I know they put that into, you know, create a character for you. Um, But do you Mm -hmm. feel like the character that they put out, does that, do you feel represented? Do you feel like they got you? Or do you feel like, well, they tried?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The things that you're referring to, yes. And it's interesting because I still was really – so there's a bunch a bunch to say about that. One is that they really encouraged us to be really vulnerable and talk about, you know, what was true for us emotionally. And part of my choice to do that was, was that. And I think that you often see people – you know a lot of things up for people and processing a lot of your life choices and that was true for me too but also it was particularly specific advice of one friend who is a friend who has done the show before i actually have a lot of friends who have done this cuz those are kind of the circles that i that i move in and he told me you know like this journey is so intense that you it's really hard to do just for yourself and you want to find something you know a goal that's about someone that you love or something that you love or are really attached to to make the journey bigger than yourself and And so that's part of what prompted that conversation was my looking to that. And certainly in terms of finances, you know, I'm a person who has chosen to live under the poverty line for most of my life because I've just always prioritized different things. I've prioritized freedom and, you know, being able to have wild adventures over financial security, and that's fine. But one of the goals that would make, you know, pushing it to get a bunch of money worth it, would be something like being able to adopt because, again, you know, I wanted a family so bad for so much of my life and have had a lot of angst around that not happening. At the same time, it feels representative of, like, my life before alone and not as much now because I had a lot of time to think about and process those choices while I was out there and recognizing that, like, I'm so grateful to have the life that I have and the opportunities that I've had. And had I had a family, I probably wouldn't have gone out on a loan. And (laughs) that was the most amazing experience of my entire life. And I wouldn't trade it for anything right now. And, you know, I made those choices from the authentic place that I was in when those choices were up for me. So how would I go back and change that now? So I processed a lot of my regrets while I was out there. And so when I came back out, and saw that footage, I was thinking, that doesn't represent me.
5: Mm.
6: But the truth is that it did represent me at one time, just not as much anymore because things have shifted. And I would also say that I'm I'm someone who has dealt with a lot of sorrow and angst around not having had a family, but I don't think that I am a person who really – like, I'm a person with a very positive forward-thinking attitude and not someone who tends to go into, like, woe-is-me places. Right. And so I feel like focusing on that maybe painted me a little bit more in that light. Um, but it definitely, I mean, anyone who knows me know that, knows that it's true, that like not having had a family has been one of my major sorrows in life. So that's accurate. The part that really bothered me that feels less accurate is when they talked about, um, they, they did some uh, some careful editing mm. to create some sentences that I didn't actually speak. Wow. And that was really frustrating. And that is really disappointing that, you know, to I've hear never... because
2: you filmed yeah,
6: so much and the, stuff. The one place that that was true, yeah. They, they had me say at one point towards the very end, I've never had enough money to eat well, and that's why I'm here. And that is, like, nauseating to Oof. me to hear because that's not true, and I felt like it painted a very different picture of who I am and, um, and it basically made me say that I was there for the money because I was desperate for money because I don't have enough money to eat otherwise, which is absurd. Um, and it is definitely true that I have lived on a lot less money than, you know, like well under the poverty line and that that has affected some of my food choices in terms of like being able to buy all of the healthiest organic food and whatever I want all the time. And yet the way they made it say that is like that I've been so poor that I'm starving and that that was my motivation for being on the show. And that was like a complete 180 and the furthest thing from the truth. So in that way, I felt very misrepresented and um, you know, I've had people write me saying like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I hope you can afford to eat now. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) that's awful. And you know, I think that overall, you know, that one part, so they, they do interviews with you before you go, when you come back and when they come and do medical checks. And sometimes they use that, those audio clips and overlay it onto your time out as if it's what you're saying in the moment. Sure. And that's what happened with that clip. And it wasn't, that was that was a moment when I like went out to the lake to sing this beautiful song of hope and joy. And instead they did this overlay of audio saying, I'm oh poor me, I'm so poor, I can't afford to eat and I'm just here so that I can afford to get a decent meal for once. And oh. um, <laughs> I think that most people Most everyone I feel like who has written me, which is like hundreds, thousands of people, um, that part of the message is not what they can like. I think it's clear of like my energy and most of the things that like my joy and my positivity were what came through more. And the contrast of that one sentence was, um, you know, was big enough that they don't even see that as part of my journey. It seems like most people who write and I hope that that's true. Um, But yeah. That was that's a sore spot for me. That's
5: the one major sore spot for me. Um, and and
2: with and the whole fair whole enough. Um, Cat yeah. Plank is a person. She wanted to ask a question. Um, your master's degree is in what? And uh, she says environmental science. Environmental oh, science. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Oh yeah. No, so she said mm-hmm. she's personally curious about your background. So environmental science, and it's obvious that you have mad skills that are extremely niche. Um, but how did you decide to learn those kinds of skills and so I guess it would be when you were when you were 19 or was it when you were younger even that you, you already said at the beginning you went into a, a, a skills program a wilderness program when you were 19 was that when you started this journey into ancestral skills or was it before that that you had a great interest even like as a young child yeah that's
6: a great question definitely as a young child um, I was always super fascinated like all of my favorite books you know like I had a book about Ishii when I was a kid and all of the little house books and Laura Ingalls um, Wilder's story and Island of the Blue Dolphins like those were the books that I loved and you know Hatchet and that kind of thing so I was obsessed with these things as a kid and like all of my childhood games were me as Karana on the land like I would pick red clover blossoms and you know put them in a hole in the ground because I was saving up food for the winter you know that was that was what I was obsessed with, but I didn't think that those things were, you know, I thought that that was from the past and not something that was available to me. So, um, so I, you know, I always did a lot of things with my hands. I was into sewing and knitting and crocheting and that kind of thing. And like the handcrafts that were available to me, but I didn't really have other avenues. Um, you know, like I grew up in a rural place, but you know, we weren't, we weren't we grew strawberries and we grew a small garden, but you know we weren't like harvesting wild food or anything. This wasn't in my, this wasn't in my background and how I was raised up. Um, but I was always looking for that stuff, and when I was. Um, I think a freshman or a sophomore, I think a sophomore in college. And I went to school for biology and environmental studies. So like a deep connection to the natural world was always a part of me. And my parents were both outdoor people. My dad was an endurance runner doing hundred mile trail runs, and my mom was a backpacker and in the Sierra club. So I spent a lot of time hiking and, you know, out in wild places as a kid. Um, But it was when I was a sophomore in college that a friend of mine gave me a book, um, The Tracker by Tom Brown Jr., Um, where he kind of talks about using these skills in his childhood um, coming into relationship with the land. And that was really inspiring to me. And so when I wanted to do a field course one summer, I specifically looked for one um, that might have some – some of those skills and found um, found one that had instructors who had taught some ancestral skills. And so I chose the course based on that. And that's not what the, the focus of the course was, but it was a big focus for me because that was where my interest lay. Um, and then they told me about a skills gathering that they had been to, that was all focused on ancestral skills. And so I went to that and that was um, when I was 19. And so that was what really showed me that in fact, this was something that was still available, that people were still doing. And then from that point on, I just threw myself into it wholeheartedly and definitely kind of had like fantasies about running off naked into the wilderness, you know, with just my knife and living there forevermore. And um, my first gathering was when I was introduced to buckskin clothing. And that completely changed my life and became my biggest goal was to, you know, learn to tan hides and make clothing for myself. And um, so yeah, from that point on, anytime I wasn't in school, I was I was out in the woods by myself doing skilled stuff, um, or going to gatherings whenever I could and spending summers on some land in Idaho with a bunch of folks who were teaching and practicing skills and